I don't know when we start the show. I mean, that's going to be the whole thing is when does this show start? Um, Pat? I'm sorry. You, we actually started a, a few We seconds. started already. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't say anything stupid, did I? No, no. All right. Thank God. Thank God. Well, everybody, welcome back, my friends, to the best show that never ends. Here we are on a Tuesday evening once again in November, Thanksgiving week, having fun, getting ready. Tonight we got a good show. We got Penny Lane, the director who we've had on before, amazing director, can't get enough. And I'm telling you, Penny's new movie, Listening to Kenny G, it's great. And we are going to talk about it later in the show. Uh, And we're also dropping probably the ultimate topic on everybody tonight. Um, We are going to start something that will probably take about three and a half years to get to the finish line on the top 100 songs of all time. And it's going to be one. We'll, we'll check in and out on this one. We'll go. We'll we'll do it how we want to do it. We do what we do, right? My friends, my friends, we do what we do. We do what we do. And we'll do it the way we do it. And then we'll do it more the way we do it. And then we'll stop doing it when we're done doing it. That's how we do it. I don't know why that's such a big deal. I don't know why that eludes so many of you. Well, let's start the show. I got some exciting theme music to play you. And it goes a little something like this. Bink, bonk, brinking, gonk. Jersey, back again. 
up, everybody? Hello. Welcome back to the best show. How are you? My name's Tom. I'm the host of tonight's installment of the best show. How are you doing, everybody? I'm doing okay. Last week I was, uh, well, let me just say, first of all, we just heard from Islands from their album, Isla Mania. Islands, Natural Law Party. Great album. One of the best of the year. It's one of the best albums of the year. Can't argue with that. It's inarguable. I'll prove it mathematically. I'll break it down. We'll go to a college somewhere. I'll just get on the chalkboard. I'll start. And yeah, the chalkboard, not the dry erase board. We're chalking. We're chalkboarding this one up. We're going to find a classroom that ain't been updated yet. with old fashioned chalkboard. We're going to sit down. I'll start breaking the math down on that. And I'll prove to you how great islands are. Then you'll understand because you'll just go mathematically. You did just prove it to me, Tom. And then I'll go, you like apples? And you'll go, not really. And I'll go, how do you like them apples? And you'll say, I said I didn't necessarily like apples. And I'll go, how do you like them apples? You'll say, uh, again, I said I don't necessarily love apples. I'll say, yeah, those apples must be tasting pretty good right now, huh? And you'll be like, one last time, not the hugest apple fan. And then I'll say, Hey, what, uh, who made your, who made your iPhone? And you'll go, you're going to do another Apple thing, aren't you? And I'll be like, how do you like them apples? And then you'll say, can you please stop with the Apple thing? I'll say, what label were the Beatles on? You'll go stop. And then you'll leave. And I'll still be just talking about apples. Let's not let that happen. Huh? Can we not let that happen? Who's here tonight? Do I have a full 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 crew tonight? Do we have a full crew tonight? Let me do roll call. Jason Woodio, Hollywood's own Jason Gore, the Mr. Showbiz, they call him. He's got his famous cartoon out now. Spine of what's it called? Uh, the Spine of Night. The Spine of Night in theaters now. Yes. And you do the voice of who now on that? Uh, I do a the voice of Barrow. He's like a warrior. Let's give, give us a, if Barrow was here, what right. would Barrow say? He would say something about uh, necromancer. There's a line in there that says, uh, "It's like necromancers cease your necromancy." That's pretty good. So that's Barrow. I gotta get some voice work. You're cleaning up with this stuff. Nobody, nobody wants me. They, well, I'm untouchable. I'm radioactive. I'm <laughs> radioactive. I was the voice true. of Greg Bleepin' Universe. Is Greg going to be in that uh, multiverse video game? Um. Well, by, uh, by by the fact that I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> probably a good chance Greg won't be in it. I'm going to say he's not in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say Greg might not be in it. I said Greg just got uh, Drew Barrymore <laughs> snack. Uh, <laughs> Greg, oh. Greg just got the Drew Barrymore snack treatment. Yeah. And again, you listen to me, Drew Barrymore. Biggest mistake you ever made. Blew it. Was letting the old sweet duty slip through your slip through your mitts. You had him in the fold. 
I was there. Biggest mistake you ever made. I was ready to taste everything. Yeah. I wanted he to taste have it eaten all. Any, he would have eaten any. Because, look, Dudio is one of the producers on the show. And when he was in New York, he started doing these things on the Drew Barrymore talk show where um sounds like an SNL skit when you say the Drew Barrymore talk show. You picture, hi, I'm Drew Barrymore. And I did, like, you just, like... <laughs> Has SNL done a skit? Has SNL done a skit in the last eleven years that isn't a reference to another television show? <laughs> so I wonder. At some point, some point, widen the scope. We all don't live. We're all, we 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 all ain't Mike TV trapped inside our our boob tubes here, uh-huh. and not everything has to be a reference to another television show. The yeah, but look, Dudio was doing this thing where the Drew Barrymore would say just like, eat this, and Jason would go, yes, I'll eat it. Yeah. Yes, master. She, like she he was, was like, he was like the Igor of the <laughs> Drew Barrymore show. God. He, yeah. He, he, that's, he, not, that's not inaccurate. It's not, it's, it's not entirely accurate. She's not 100% yeah. inaccurate, yeah. though. She's, she's like, scarf this down, you hog. Eat and I'm this, like, yes. Jason. Jason, eat this. Yes, master. Ah, turkey flavored Skittles. Uh, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Thank mm. you, master. Mm. Urine flavored jelly beans. <laughs> Don't mind if I do, Drew. No. At one point, they were calling you Drew Dio. I was Not the anymore, I was though. the the food news dude, and then you're the food news dude. But look at you now, you're back. You're back where you belong. I'm back where I belong. You're back where you belong. Now you're out, you're in Hollywood now, from what I hear. I am. Yeah. Well, we've and seen you're each doing other. the voice of Brack. You did the voice of Brack on the latest episode of Spine Time. Yeah, which is very exciting, <laughs> and apparently it's in theaters now. No, what's it called? Spine of Night. The Spine of Night. Yeah. And you are Blork. I am Barrow. Barrow. Yeah. Bork. Give me a little bit more Barrow. Um, he didn't have many lines. So mm-hmm. it was just like, uh, I think there was a charge in there. He he was fight. He cuts up a lot of people with swords. Charge. I yeah. Look, I could have done Barrow. I know you could have. But I didn't. You Re- are Barrow. I'm just a pretender. Yeah. Look, uh, the way things are going, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be selling flowers in the parking lot of that 76 uh, station on Los Feliz Boulevard. Um, no, so look, so we got Dudio's here, Woodyo, Holly Woodyo's here. Do we have Pat Byrne? Do we have Pat Byrne? Are you here, Pat? Yes. There he is, the the king of the king of Jersey City. Here, here. Right? The unofficial mayor of Jersey City, Pat Byrne. And then, of course, there's last but certainly not least, AP Mike. Are you here, Mike? Yeah, Tom. How you doing? Great. Glad to. I'm, I'm good. You're the only one that asks how I'm doing. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Everybody else, they're taking, they're tending to their business. Mike, Mike thinks of it. No. <laughs> I'm going to stop messing with everybody so early in the show. Um, yeah, we're so, 15 in. Yeah, we're 15 in. I'm already dividing and conquering. <laughs> I give you so, permission to call me Mr. Nobiz. Mr. Nobiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been some uh, 
since the pandemic, I mean, there's been some uh, morale issues with my various teams. Some people haven't come back. They're still collecting unemployment and watching Netflix all day. Did you already get the sure. trademark on Mr. Nobiz? Is that the reason you want us to do that? <laughs> no, I'm just uh, acknowledging what's been going on over here. You know, it's it's uh, it feels like uh, things are winding down. But you, you know, started making best step show. it up it a bit, but uh, you started making best show shirts. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that, uh, that needs to be discussed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, go was... on, I go on. To, I go on. I go on Instagram, right? And this AP Mike, who's been working on the show since uh, since uh, for the last sixteen years, this guy's been on. He, there's no shirt that has the best show logo on it, and that was by design. Um, apparently, until now, apparently, <laughs> apparently, somebody saw fit to pull the trigger on some best show shirts. <laughs> And conveniently just refer to them as bootleg, as if that, as if that's just the 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 perfect escape hatch. Oh, they're uh-huh. bootlegs. Well, yes, like, I knew. Oh, there's best shirt, best show shirts now. No, these are bootlegs. I knew permission clearances had, hadn't gone through. As if, as if just calling them bootlegs makes it okay. Yeah, they're bootlegs. <laughs> as if as if they just showed up on your doorstep. Yeah. Like, oh, where'd these come from? Oh, they're bootlegs. Okay. Uh you know, I didn't pull the trigger on that. I I had a you know, a Bayonne Connect, uh, who's a fan of the show. And he's got to connect with a T shirt uh guy in Bayonne, which he he did a small number of shirts, which I was surprised he was able to pull that off. Oh, I'm not. I've, I'm I've, not. Gone, I've gone to this t-shirt place before yeah. and uh, tried to do a small quantity. And, you know, I was pretty much laughed out of the the building. Like I've grow, I grew up in the t-shirt game. <laughs> yeah, I know. I grew up in the t-shirt game. I just can tell you it's a per unit cost thing. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Yeah. Somebody, if somebody wants to do it, they could do. They could print one, and it's 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 whatever. Yeah, they I think this, laughing you out because they don't want. They know you don't want to do a thing where it's like fifteen dollars a shirt on your cost. Uh I think this guy's just lazy. You know. Okay. Well, he's. Lazy. I, I, I got he's a bad totally opinion. Not lazy enough to start <laughs> bootlegging best show shirts. I got a bad opinion of this guy one time uh-huh. when there was a blizzard, and uh-huh. I, I was digging my car out in front of his business. Uh-huh. And he's just sitting there sort of like sneering at me, you know, like, you know, I'm some, some idiot, you know, look at this idiot over here digging his car out. So I think he's well, got an attitude supposed to do? problem. Wait till, wait till spring. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what his problem is. I've heard, I've heard things about this guy. All right. So take I, it, I didn't pull it easy with the, <laughs> I've heard things about this guy. It's like he's playing a very, a very dangerous game. I want to just say for the record, I don't know two things about this guy. I do know one thing about this guy. He's bootlegging best show shirts. Yeah. And he the thinks sock, he's getting away with it. The sock guy pulled it off. The sock guy is a guy who goes around to all the bars in Bayonne. He sells socks, but he also sells T-shirts for this T-shirt guy. Mm-hmm. So that's the connection. And mm-hmm. uh, my friend knows the sock guy pretty well. And he got him to do these shirts. Um, I don't know that I would have went with a white background. What did what did you think of the the shirt overall? Hmm. Well, I kind of couldn't see past 
the idea that the shirt shouldn't exist. <laughs> it's a funny, right. a funny little detail. Right? Yeah. I kind of couldn't get past that little yeah. that little hiccup. Yeah. I thought it would. I thought it would make a better ringer tee, like maybe with blue rings, yeah. white shirt, but blue nice. rings. Yeah. Don't help the bootlegger. Yeah, I'd get too what much tomato sauce on a white shirt, guys. Uh-huh. Um, I could put you in touch with our friend Perry in Philadelphia. Yeah, there you go. By all means, put in help. touch with Perry. I'm already coming after Perry for doing a bootleg shirt of my my mom's store. Family business with the address yeah. in the front. Yeah, a phone number and address <laughs> on it. Perry's walking around. Yeah, I tell you. I can start. I can start shutting y'all down. I can start. I can pull a full. I can. See I'm gonna pull a full Lars Ulrich. I'm well, going. Lars, I'm going. Lars. I'm. I'm about to become Lars. Two, Lars 2003. I'm now. I'm gonna Napster all of you. <laughs> when Lars went after. When Lars went after Napster. Look out, bootleg Perry Shaw, Mike's Bayonne bootleg guy. Lars 21K. And look at this. Do you know what the worst part of this is? That Mike's in with this guy. He's in with him, and he acts. He acts like it's. He acts like it's just happening. Like, well, like it's like, one, like it's the weather or something. This one was, yeah. I was, I was totally oblivious that it was happening. I, I you know, mm. it's true. I mean, the, when I met with my friend, he's like, "Oh, I have a surprise for you." So I'm like, "What surprise?" I could only imagine. And uh, next thing you know, he's he's whipping these shirts out, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Wow, yeah, okay." Cool. You pulled the trigger on that, you know, and you know. I know he acknowledged that they were uh, not uh, officially sanctioned. Oh, he! Oh, he did. Well, that. Well, that. What a what a <laughs> yeah. generous act. Yeah, he's not selling them. He he gave uh, them to me as a gift mm-hmm. to pass on to you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was strictly you know not a uh, for profit operation. I just want to announce right now. Uh-huh. Look, I don't want you to give this guy's name out on there. Give me a first <laughs> initial. Give me a first initial. J. J. Jay, I appreciate your your enthusiasm, your fandom, and the, my appreciation of your fandom makes this that much more painful. <laughs> I'm declaring I am suing you, <laughs> AP Mike, studio. Uh-huh. Hey, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I will take a 4XL. Uh-huh. I'm suing Dudia, AP Mike, the mayor of Bayonne, Governor Phil Murphy, <laughs> a $390 million lawsuit and uh-huh. filing. I'll be filing it in Trenton imminently for copyright violation, emotional distress, Rico, Rico laws, right? That's you see, the re- see some of the uh, reactions though, Tom, there seems to be some demand there. Mike, <laughs> you think I didn't know there was demand? <laughs> well, I, I I love these. I love these chowder heads who are just like, I'm just gonna make my own shirts. He doesn't know that people want them yet. <laughs> All in due time, chowder head. All in due time. 
But in the meantime, you better you better start moving your money around because you're going to be writing a check for three hundred ninety million. A team wants to make you an offer, though, Tom. All right, your team <laughs> cut cut you in. Your team. I think my I picture Mike's team <laughs> meetings are like when Travis Bickle was yelling at the mirror. I picture that, that's yeah, like, lately they're like Mike's that. Team, yeah. Mike's team meetings are not unlike that. Yeah, they've descended to that. They weren't yeah. always that way. No, no. At one point, they were, they were like board my, They were like they were board just meetings. voices in my head before. Yeah. Now, now they're coming visualizations. Out. Yeah, yeah. You run an Army Navy place. Mike comes in. Don't. He comes in looking to buy a, a jacket. Don't sell it to him. Contact me. Let me know if he's going to start dressing in fatigues. That's all I need to know. Just a heads up that he bought some fatigues. So anyway, I wasn't here last week. I had, a lot, I had some personal stuff, some family stuff, and uh, got the got the best of your old guy, and he needed a show off. So I appreciate everybody for it took a week to take care of my stuff. Thank you for your consideration, and we're back, and we'll pick it. We're picking it back up, and um, it was one of those weeks where, you know what I do when I'm having these certain kinds of weeks? I uh, I often, because uh, first of all, I'm doing this walking thing. God help me with this walking. I I came up with the decision in early October. I said, what if on October 1st, I give myself a little project, a little project, a big project. In a year where I did a bleeping book, I had to do another another project. I'm like, what if I walked 1 million steps before New Year's Day of 2022? Gives me three months, worked out the math on it. It was like 11,500 steps a day, more or less. Immediately fell behind on my goal. Then I've been doing double time now, hop, 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 picking it up. Right now, on November 23rd, as of yesterday, the 22nd, let's see, let me check these totals here. I walked, yesterday I walked 12,752 steps, okay, which is like around six miles, I guess, something like that. Um. The 1 million step mark, I am at 524,662 steps I have done in basically six weeks. That's not bad, right? That's more or less on target. Great. I'm a couple days behind. I'm probably a couple days behind. I got to go over my daily goals here and there just and get that, that number down. Got 39 days left. 475,000 steps left puts it to about 12,188 steps a day for 39 days. That'll get me to a million. Oh yeah. You got this. Thank you. Dude. That's, that's impressive to be where you are right now. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, I walked last week. I walked, there was one day where I walked, wait, what did I do? I did 20,000 steps in a day. That was a, that was a rough one, man. Because I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to prove it to myself. I got to prove it to myself. And last week was a rough week. You know, when, you know when I have a rough week, you, we all do different things. And my thing I do is I 
I can gauge where the week is at. If I find myself listening to live versions of Rosalita over and over from all the different concerts, I like to set like from 75 to 78 for some reason. I don't like the live ones past that. I like when Rosalita in Bruce Springsteen's uh, set list was like a, a, a huge, a centerpiece to the set piece uh, to the set list. Is that, is that true, Pat? You as a Bruce Springsteen aficionado. Especially in the years you're talking about. Yeah, 100%. 75 to 78, Rosalita was like the crowning part of the set. Because it was the song where he'd introduce the band. And they'd have all this fun in it. And there's all the, he did all these radio broadcasts in 78. I listened to all these different versions of Rosalita while I'm on this walk. And that's when I know when I find myself going to Rosalie, it's like, yeah, you might be having a bad week. Um, it's kind of giveaway. When he goes like, found it, cause he's always like on the piano, Roy Bitten, right? Then he goes on the guitar, Miami, Steve Van Zandt. During the middle of Rosalie, he does all the band introductions. And then he always does the same corny thing with, Clarence Clemens, where he's like, master of the universe. Mm -hmm. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new office hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Where are the animals? Because I don't smell them. Able to leap tall women in a single, I mean tall buildings in a single bound. Do I have to say his name? And when he does these talking, I'm like, I've never heard anyone from New Jersey talk like this before. Do I have to say his name? Do I have to say his name? It's that freehold draw, man. Uh, it's yeah. not free. No one in freehold <laughs> talks like that. Yeah, because the freehold draw. No, so, I, I would have it too. It was recently. It was recently explained to me. Um, so there's like, there's this part of of uh, Jersey, not 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 just. It's kind of surrounding Freehold. It might even be on the outskirts of Freehold, but there's like a there's like that racetrack, or there was the racetrack. Mm-hmm. My father worked there. He still oh, really? yeah, it's still going. They okay. have a simulcast now. But there was something about this part of Jersey uh, that had like some kind of influx of. Texans or something like that. I'm not making this up. And and there were some working class people that were kicking around freehold that were kind of like, I don't know where you guys come from and talk, talk. I don't know how you guys talk. And it was kind of like this. There was almost a draw. And I think the Springsteen kind of, you know, we always give him a hard time, myself included, about the where does that accent come from? But it was pointed out to me recently. It might come from a from a geographic real place. 
Uh, All right, look, Pat. As, you're as someone from mind. that place, I can say, I, I don't think so. Maybe there were some seasonal workers there. I'm gonna. The, the, so you're saying, used to have some plans. I'm, I'm going back to my source. I'm gonna. Texans. I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay. See if they can call in the person uh-huh. that yeah, but, Texans. But I, I grew up there. I grew up 15 you know, minutes know, away from Freel. For sure, for sure, yeah. you did. And it's, and it's a very fine line. Like I was told, it was like a very. It's a, it's specific to like, you know, maybe within <laughs> blocks. I don't know what it is, but. Um, I'm going to reach out to the person who told me this. But do you think it's Bruce doing like a voice off of his influences like Elvis Presley or something like that? Yeah, that's what I suspect. Who are his influences? Foghorn Leghorn? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Those are not, those are not influences of any human. He's like, well, he might be like, well, uh, well, I just got to see, um, was he influenced by Frank Underwood? Do I have to uh, say his name? Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it Frank Underwood from House of Cards? Is that one of his influences? He's no. just a simple, complicated, small town rock star. Yeah, but he just does the thing. So look, but I neither here nor there. I started listening to these these uh, Rosalitas. That's usually a giveaway how the week's going. If, if you find me, if you find me being like, oh, let's listen to the Houston. Uh, 78, Rosalita, you know, it's like, oh, are you okay, Tom? How about Cleveland? I listen to Cleveland. I listen yeah. to any of them. Rock, so, the, the Roxy, all of them. Wait, so you listen to them in a row? So you're like five Rosalitas deep? I can listen to five of them in a row, and they're like, they're between 10 and 15 minutes long. Depending on whether it's got spotlight on the big man. <laughs> Whether it's got that part in it, <laughs> then you know that's a fifteen-minute Rosalita. Yeah. It drives me nuts that he just won't respect the line. The record company gave me a big advance. He's got to make jokes. Come on, Bruce. What are you doing? Can't just do that one line straight. It's my favorite line in the song. He'll be like, "Cause the record company, Rosie, gave me the big bucks." Uh-huh. Yeah, and he goes to London. He's in London. He goes, he goes. The record company, Rosie, gave me the big pounds. <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> but whatever. It's neither here nor there. We'll see if Rosalita makes this list of the hundred best songs. We'll see. We're gonna start getting into that in a few minutes. Um. And also, when it comes to the best show, I hear Bruce Springsteen with this band, and he's cracking the whip. Made me realize I got to bring some of that to the best show. And when I say that, I got to tighten my own biz up. Well, we got to we got to run this thing like it's the E Street Band, not like it's the freaking Shags. We're running like it's the Shags up here. Would you announce us like we're members? No, this of show's the show's like, hold on, let me think. We're doing this like it's like I, like I'm Dot Wiggins all of a sudden here. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be Dot Wiggins. I'm supposed to be Bruce Springsteen. Are Are you going to start charging us for borrowing the canoe on the weekends? We'll see about that. We'll see. <laughs> no, I'm not going to charge. I'm not going to do it. We just got to run a tight ship across. Because he'll go the thing where he goes, when I go like this, that means. You know, like, <laughs> And everybody's like, it's tight. Right now, we're like the bleeping shags. We're like the shags. I'm, I'm supposed to be Bruce Springsteen, not Dot Wiggins. 
Because, I mean, think about it. <coughs> Mike, you're like the big man on the best show. You're Clarence Clemens. Okay. You know what I'm doing now? You're like, hold on, um, Mike. You know, you know what I'm doing? Oh, Mike, Mike. I'm bowing with my hands Mike. together. Okay. Like the Thank big you. man. <laughs> Great. You're like, the, you're like Clarence Clemens. Uh-huh. Pat, you're Miami Steve. Whoa. <laughs> All right, Jason. You're Miami Uh-oh. Steve. Jesus. Whoa. I wasn't so, expecting I mean, that. Oh, my. Well, Pat yeah, so, hasn't I mean, read the book yet, though. But that's the whole thing. It's just like, <laughs> you guys should be the E Street Band. Mike, you're Clarence. Pat, you're Miami Steve. Yeah, and that's we should just think about ourselves that way. Well, who am I? Well, what's that now? Who am I? <laughs> you're, you're Gary Talent. I don't want to be Gary Talent. <laughs> Gotta no, be Max. Like, There's no, a mighty no, Max. No, There's a no, reason they like, call him Talent. You know, you're Tom Morello. Oh, oh good God. <laughs> no you're mighty max you're mighty max okay i'll take that we can't be like the bleeping shags guys i think i think jason's more of a mad dog what are we doing my pal foot foot up in this piece (laughs) or are we doing born to run what are we doing Uh born to run run. it's halloween it's halloween so look, I will we'll get more into this later, but I'm just saying, and I'm saying it about myself too. It's time to tighten it up. I need to start cracking the whip on myself harder than anybody. Look at the hell I'm putting myself through with this stupid walking. I'm cracking the whip on myself. Get ready. You all get ready. You better get ready. Cause I'm just going to go like, cause it goes like this and then boom, you're just going to say a thing or do a thing. But we'll figure all that out. Hey, Tom, not to segue, but where would Rosalita sit on the list? Pat, I just asked that question. I said, we're going to see where it lands on the list. The list is a long one. We got a lot to do. It might not make it. It might not make the list. A hundred songs by everybody. Yeah. We're talking about everybody. You're not going to distinguish it by genre, no, no. You could put a, a, a you could put a, 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 we could we could do on the list. You could do a, um, the, the the list could have the ice cream bell, the ice cream, the ice cream truck song could be on the list. That could be on or one of Mozart's many hit songs. Like Rock Me Amadeus, one of his many songs. Mm. It's the only Mozart thing I know. Rock, I know. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. And I know Amadeus, Amadeus. That was Beethoven. Oh, 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 Amadeus, what was? Dun, 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 dun. That's Beethoven. Ah, Then I only know one Mozart song, (laughs) Rock Me Amadeus. The one Falco Uh did. I know more Falco songs than <laughs> Mozart songs. I guess I know Ina Klein and Knox music. Yeah. Is that him? Yes, that's him. Look, I'm talking a classical. What am I? What talk, you're talking about? I feel like I'm on that third floor of the old Tower Records, that boring floor. <laughs> it was nice and quiet up there, though. Yeah. You it's go up quiet. there and be like, 
yeah, this is where the jazz and the classical music is. Like you, Tower Records, when it was down on 4th Street, be like, this place is the most wonderful place ever. The, f- the ground floor has all the stuff on it. You never saw anything like It's so exciting. The second floor, look at all these imports and all these exciting things. Third floor, uh, what is this? Oh, jazz and classical? Oh, okay. Don't forget the basement. I'm, I'm going back down. Oh, that's right. What was in the basement again? Tapes? Videos and you know, Videos, that yeah. stuff came in. Yeah, then they moved it down to the other side of the block. Tower video. I think I kind of prefer J J and R music. All right. They 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 put the classical stuff in a whole other store. Yeah, good. Well then I would prefer it too. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It shouldn't be anywhere. Gets near. it all out of there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So let's see what we got going on here tonight. We're doing the we got Penny Lane, the director of the movie Listening to Kenny G. Is that the name of the movie? I'm so bad with this sometimes. I'm so sorry, Penny. Oh, please, please forgive me. No, it's called, yeah, it's it's called Listening to Kenny G. And I believe it comes out on HBO later this week or next week. We'll find out from Penny. But I've seen the movie. It's great. You know what other movie's great? Licorice Pizza, baby. Seen it twice. The film's so nice, your boy had to see it twice. 70 millimeter. PTA showed at both, show them at both screenings. That's how it is out here. You do, you do LA right. You see Paul Thomas Anderson uh, when you go to see a movie. First time I saw it, I was like, yeah, I think it's good. Second time, click. Everything made sense. We're in. First time I'm like, I don't know. Am I, did he, did he fall off a little bit? Second time? No, he didn't. He was ahead of me. God bless him. God bless you, PTA. God bless you, PTA. We'll talk more about it uh, when everybody gets a chance to see it. So I ain't going to do no spoilers. Um, Although they did build an arcade, um, next to the theater in Westwood, which is like the arcade in the movie where in the final scene, uh, the main kid gets shot. Oop. Uh-oh. Sorry. We'll edit that out. Now you can leave that in because I made it up. Being a Weisenheimer, Pat. Spotlight on the big man. Do you like your role in this, Pat? The Miami Steve? Yeah, I like that was that's my favorite era when he was mm-hmm. still Miami when he wore yeah. the big floppy hat. I like when he was Miami Steve and when Bruce Springsteen wore that jacket as if that was the coat he would wear to court. Yeah. As if like he had like one jacket. Jacket would, and a polo. It would be yeah, but he like he would wear it. It would be like the jacket he'd be like, "Yeah, I got to go to court. I'll put this jacket on." <laughs> It'll make me look more respectable to the judge. <laughs> before he uh, before he became denim man. Yeah. Like before before it was like a Levi's superstore exploded. Uh like or he got bit by a radioactive pair of jeans and became denim man. <laughs> He dressed like he was trying to look nice for court. 
Yeah. First, first he was like, you know, out of, uh, he was, he was trying to be in the whalers or something in the beginning. Yeah. And, no, first he wore, he wore this toque that made it look like he was, um, scraggly like he beard. Was, yeah. Scraggly beard and a toque as if he's smuggling, as if he, he's smuggling beer across the Canadian border or something. Yeah. Hundred pounds, yeah. And then, then he kind of got, then he matured a little bit, and then he bought a jacket. He just bought a sports coat. <laughs> yeah, darkness, darkness to the river. Sports yeah. coat. He just in a sports coat, like a sweated up sports coat, because he's running around in it all night long. This this wet sports coat, high heel boots. High heel boots, wet sports coat. So, how are we doing on the phones, Pat? We got one through five full. Give me five, please. Let's do it. Hello, best show. Hi, Tom. I'm loving the show tonight. Uh, you know, you really are a blessing to the Quint cities. I just want you to know that. Okay. Well, I just got to say right off the bat, I know who this is. This is exciting. <laughs> and, and everybody in Newbridge knows who this is too. Oh. Everybody in the Quint cities knows who this is. And I, I mean, I'm just going to, is this is, this is Rob Roberts. Yes. Son, it sure is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I will say for people who do not recognize this voice, you clearly do not live in Newbridge. <clears throat> Rob Roberts, you've been the lead anchor on WNBG, which is Channel 10 News. Uh, the channel t- w- the, for t- at least, what, 20 years now? 20 years this year, yes. Yeah. And you are, you are so... You know, at the risk of sounding maudlin, you're beloved by everyone in town. You are respected. Of all the local news people, you know, you're just a part of our lives. And uh, a lot of people even consider you to be some something of like a family member. Oh, my God. Oh. You know, and just it's. It's an honor to to hear from you, and you know, it's like I, I honestly can't even think of another person who's like more synonymous with the Quint Cities than Rob Roberts. So you know, it's 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 uh you, you said I was a blessing. That's very kind to you, but but Rob, you're the real blessing to the Quint Cities. Oh, I, I can't tell you how that makes me feel, you know, when, uh, Tom, I gotta say some, some mornings I, I just, I have to pinch myself, you know, how, how did I get this incredible life? You know, my, uh, my professional life turned out beyond my wildest dreams. You know, as you said, I've had the immense privilege to deliver the news to the fine people of the Quinn cities for the last 20 years. Um, I have gratefully accepted and cherished the Walter Cronkite Outstanding Local News Reporters Awards I've gotten. Uh, not to brag, this is the ninth year in a row I've gotten it, and uh, I'm just I'm just so thankful. Um, 
I'm happily married to Deirdre de la Fontaine, the star of Newbridge General, America's longest-running local soap opera. We have seven beautiful children, Skylar, Madison, Emily, Liam, Noah, Ashley, and little Ryder. We live in a, a beautiful mansion in Newbridge Estates for the wealthy and popular. Um, you know, I'm, I'm beyond honored to be the Grand Marshal of this week's Newbridge Thanksgiving Parade. Um, I, I do want to say just how thrilled I am to be joined by this year's co-hosts, Gary Berghoff, Christy Brinkley, and former Slayer bassist vocalist Tom Araya. That's going to be a, a very exciting mix. Uh, who, who is doing the, who's doing the parade? Well, it's me, uh, and I'm joined this year by uh, Gary Berghoff, Christy Brinkley, and former Slayer bassist and vocalist Tom Araya. That's an amazing uh, and very diverse combination yes, of, uh, of personalities. Uh, mine is saying that Tom is a, a, a veritable, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I'll just say, He's one of the top ten most knowledgeable parade float guys out there. It's really? that, that he had he had a fanzine all the while Slayer was was going, where he would just write about about uh, parades and floats and stuff. It's very interesting. I did not I know any of that. Yeah, yeah. That, you wouldn't think it went in line with the the band image, but you know. Well, it's the image. That's, you know, a lot of these bands, you know, like, like take, uh, I don't know if you recall this band called Haircut 100 from back in the day. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, they would wear sweaters and, you know, tied around their necks and short pants and, and loafers, that sort of thing. And, you know, their music was, you know, was very kind of, uh, can, can I, can I say the word say? Yeah, no, it was like a light kind of. Very light. Yeah, just like seems somewhat like disposable, I guess, right? Well, catchy. Those guys, the most violent band ever, apparently. With Haircut 100. Yes. Really? They would, I don't know if it's true or not, but the story is they would torture people before shows. I don't. You're blowing my mind here. What do you mean they would torture people? The story goes they would do these in stores, you know, before the show, and they they would meet uh, younger people. It's always guys, they, you know, these guys, and they would kind of hang out and they would bring them back uh, backstage before the show. And apparently, they would just like whip them. Wait, the the guys from Haircut Wood Hundred would just randomly whip people. Yes, and they would spend all their money on whips. That's why their equipment was so bad. Because the whip budget was out of control. Yeah, yeah. Those whips were expensive. They're they're very expensive. Um, hey, I did want to mention uh, I'm very excited about my, my Rob's Tots Telethon, which, of course, will be, will be going uh, uh, the second weekend of... December. It's that that's coming up, and of course, we every year we try to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars to provide local children with the wacky packages they so crave. Well, that's a very noble charity. Thank you, thank you. And uh, f- finally, I just want to say, 
this thing where I keep getting voted New Bridge's sexiest man alive, it's so embarrassing. And I, I, I just want to, pl- I plea that, that people will stop voting for me in this, okay? It's, it's just embarrassing. To keep winning the sexiest. Yeah. Huh. Well, I, 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 um, look, it's a, it's an, it's a, it's gotta be an honor though, right? Well, of course it is. Of course it is. But you know, it, it, it causes some strife at home and, uh, it's, it, it's just embarrassing. You know, it's, uh, but I, I do want to say after all those things I just listed, you know, there, there is a downside to this life. A downside to, to to what the, all the, I mean, you listed so many great things. Yeah. 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 It's not all, it's not all roses. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess I would go with about any, any kind of, uh, gig that there'd be, you know, it can't all be, can't all be the, it can't all be the greatest part. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, even though, as you said, I I have one of, if not the most famous faces in Newbridge, I'm pretty much unknown everywhere else on the planet. It's very weird. You know, I'm I'm treated with the utmost respect, dignity, and deference within the confines of the Quint City, specifically Newbridge. But um, you know, once I'm past those city limits, I'm I'm a nobody. I mean, and is that a, is that a big problem? Well, it's, it's like being the biggest band in Delaware. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd, you'd think that that blue check mark would, would mean something out, out, out there in the world, but it really doesn't. There's a lot more blue check marks out there than you think. I mean, I do know there's a lot of, there are a lot of blue check marks out there, but I, I don't know. That's a, that's a thing you can get as wrapped up in as you want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ab- ab- absolutely. So it's, you know, it's, it's just, uh, I guess it's, it, you know, it's taken a toll on, on my ego. And at, at this point I, I dread vacations, you know, I, I, uh, I try to make them all local, you know, um, Kernsbury farms in, uh, Westbridge, the Tetherball Hall of Fame and Yield Ice Cream Shop in Alderbridge, uh, Gus Brennan's Hard End Softball Fun Camp in the Northbridge Pine Barrens. You know, just just anything to not have to leave the the area. And my wife Deirdre, she's in the same boat. You know, she's just another nobody outside of the Quint Cities, and she's been used to being treated like a goddess here ever since she was crowned Miss Hot Muffler in nineteen. 19- 98. So, you know, she's accustomed to a very, very, you know, uh, upper, upper tier treatment, you know, and you know, in addition to being the star of Newbridge General, Deirdre, I don't know if you knew this, she also earned raves for her portrayal of Miss Sarah Davis in the Newbridge Playmakers recent production of Clifford. Did you see that? I, I did not get a chance to catch it, but I heard uh, some, pre- I heard positive things. It was good. It was good. And uh, you'll never guess what line just brought the house down. Um, we love you, sir. That was the second biggest laugh. Okay. Um, <clears throat> goes, oh, 
Dad, uh oh, daddy having a stroke. Not that one. No. Okay. Um, you seem like a nice enough sort. That was big. That was a big laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hate he hates you. I don't know why. That was big. Sure. And uh, I want to say Mason. I thought you said you weren't there. Well, I mean, it's just one of the big lines from the movie. It's the biggest line of the whole movie. Well, okay. Well, then that so that's the one that got the biggest response. It did. I mean, I, I, I'll admit it's it's not. We like to send out a mailer, but it's you know it's it's one of the great lines of all time. Hmm. Yeah. No. It, it really is. I would put that up there with the top quotes for my what I'm interested in, movie wise. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, also, I don't know if you remember this, but my wife Deirdre uh, scored that local top ten hit in uh, twenty fourteen with her up tempo dance version of uh, David Crosby's Triad. So she did an up tempo dance version of it. Yes, yeah, it was number seven on the local charts. Well, that's exciting. I didn't know anybody had done a, a reinterpretation of of the 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 uh the group sex anthem that david crosby recorded that got him thrown out of the birds yes yeah it was uh it was something and now that you mentioned uh, uh the b-side was a very slow version of, of the circle jerk song group sex okay well that's it so didn't, it didn't do well well, that's too bad, but I mean, it's, 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 I guess it's, it's exciting that, I mean, I don't even know if it is exciting. It's interesting that that song that would find a new life. I didn't think anybody was like triad. I didn't know who knew. Yeah. 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 So I, I bring all this up to show you that we, you know, we get this, this great treatment here in town. We get front row seats for any show game concert we want to go to. Half the time, we don't even have to pay for anything because people can't believe we're in their presence. It's very, mm. very weird, you know. And, uh, gosh, we haven't waited for a table at La Residence or Corey Harris's steak stable in, well, ever, I guess. You know, it's just been, it's just been so long. You know, we, have a, we, we can't even go to the supermarket because people just want us to be in selfies all the time. So... Mm. We have this te- this team that goes to the grocery store for us. Okay, so they kind of cover all your all your needs. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and, and it's wonderful. You know, I, I I love all the love that we get. You know, from uh, from our fans out there, and it, it, it's great. But you know, as my kids get older, they want to get out there in the world. You know, they want to. They want to go to New York City. They want to go to Disney World, the Grand Canyon, all these places where their mom and dad are just like, you know, every other Joe and Jane punt clock waiting to get, uh, get on a ride or see the sights, you know. And, and I just uh, I just keep putting my foot down because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have my kids suffer the humiliation of watching their parents not get preferential treatment. Well... Rob, I, I got to say, I'm a little thrown and a little, I got to say, I'm all, all, a little disappointed by what? how much this, it means to you to just be known. 
just like that old that line in the Bible. What what is thou if not known? Well, I, I didn't know that was I, I had no way look, I didn't know that was a line in the Bible. What is thou if not known? Yeah, I think it's in Leviticans, uh I don't know if there's a Leviticans. Yeah, I, 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 but look, I just, I just am not, I'm a little, I'm a little thrown by how important it is for you to be known. Look, it's, it's, now I feel weird and I just, let's, let's change this, this subject. I, 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 I have something for tonight's topic, okay? Uh, what is it, something you've never told anyone about yourself before? Um, no, it's, it's we're doing top 100 songs of all time. Oh, okay. I, I, must, I must have read it wrong. I'll, um, I'll let you go. No, 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 no. But look, if you, if you have that, that would be interesting also. I'd love to hear. No, it's, it's really not that interesting. It was just something I, I don't know. It's, uh, are, are you sure? Yeah. No, I'd love to hear it. Right. Um, so about three years ago, this total pharma bro moved down the street from us and, um, he, he seemed like an okay guy, but then he, he started racing his motorcycle up and down the street and there, there's almost no traffic on the street. So, you know, he could, he could open this thing up for, you know, like 200 yards you know, like full throttle. So, I mean, I'm guessing he's getting at least averaging 85 miles an hour. So it's like, it's fast. And this goes on for months and, you know, it's a motorcycle. So it's super loud when it gets, it gets cranking and it was scaring our kids and our pets to say nothing of how dangerous it was. You know, if one of the kids or or our dog happened to be on the street, it, it, it would have killed them. So, I called the police on him anonymously a couple times, and, and I'll tell you, that only made him race that thing faster and louder and and, and more frequently. And So, so, so know, it really set him off then, kind of getting oh my God. flagged for this. Like, I'll, sh- I'll, I'll show whoever did, you know, whoever ratted me, you know. And so um, this thing is ruining our lives. It's so loud, this sound and, you know, this constant worry of, you know, is he going to hit somebody? Mm-hmm. So one night I'm at my wits end at this point and I hear him revving up that damn bike down the street. And he, you know, he's so far away that I can't see him, but you know, you just hear this thing plain as day. And so he starts way down there and he's driving up the street faster and faster. It's the fastest I've ever seen him go. He was raging, had to be doing 95. And then all of a sudden, this rabbit darts out from the woods, and he swerves to miss it, and he goes flying over those handlebars, like just over and over again. You know, just like boop, 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 boop. He's you know he's landing, and he finally ends up smacking himself against this tree. Jeez. And that's where he ends up, you know, and and. Um, so I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this. You know, I'm just like in shock and I run over there to see if he's still alive. And, and he is, but just barely. 
and he's gasping for air. And I kneel down beside him, and he's struggling to speak, and, and he can't really speak that well because, you know, all this blood in his throat. And he grabs my hand, and he goes, and he looks me right in the eye, and he goes, help me, please. And I look right into those pleading eyes, and I say, what did you think was going to happen? You've been driving that fucking bike like Robbie Knievel on performance-hancing drugs up and down the street for years, putting me and my family in danger. This is what's called karma, my friend. And I left him lying there, and I went back to bed. I just want to say I apologize for saying I was disappointed. In, oh, are you there? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you, I just want to say firstly, Rob, that I take back me saying I'm disappointed. Thank in, you. In your concerns about your fame. Thank you. I appreciate that. It seems completely um grounded and okay. responsible thank you and i support it completely thank you i feel like you should never worry you should never go anywhere where you're not going to be seen as the famous superstar that you are okay Thank you. And I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. And I think you seem like a, a great person. Thank you. And I, again, I apologize for. Thank, thank you. For I hope thank I did. You. I hope I didn't upset you or set you off or anything. Well, you, a little bit, but but I, I'm good now. And and I do want to say that that my neighbor did survive. Um, okay. He, he, even though he broke all four limbs and was in traction for months, um, he he uh, you know he's he, he's doing okay. And the crazy thing is that he has no memory of what happened that night, including the fact that I was there and I refused to help him. He has no idea to this day. That you that you were leaving him basically to perish. Yes. He just thinks he was in an accident. Now, can I just ask if you, um, is this, is this an isolated incident? Oh, we don't need to, to, to talk anymore about that's what I think one secret is enough for now. Don't you? Oh, it was a big secret. To be fair, yes, I agree. Well, I'm I'm yeah. just trying to figure out. I thought you were kind of one type of guy, and now I'm thinking of you as a different type of guy. Well, that happens. You know, there's there's many layers to 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 everybody out there. You know, everybody mm -hmm. listening. Oh no! What's that? Oh no! 
Well, What's up? I guess what they say about the best show being the favorite podcast of Farmer Bros is true. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. My neighbor must have been listening, and he, he, he's out there on my expensive lawn webbing that bike. Oh, no. He, he's doing that finger across the throat thing. Oh, that's scary. Oh, my God. Tom, Tom, please call the police like I didn't the night of that accident. Please. Well, I mean, I hope you're okay, Rob. you got to be safe. Oh, he stopped. Oh, but he's not mad anymore. Oh, no, it's starting again. Oh. Hey, what, what was the topic for, for tonight's show? Top 100 songs of all time. Oh, can I chime in? Yeah, what do you got? Um, she Bop by Cindy Lauper, number one. Mm, that might be on. That might make it. Total game changer because until its release, there really weren't any songs that were hit, you know, hit records about women cranking it. Okay, great. <laughs> well, Rob, I appreciate I appreciate that. Rob. Okay, well, I guess the Farmer Bros got him. That's what I want this show to be like, like that, where I just go, can you hear me? And then like, or I'm on point, but then the other guys, they're on point, and they're ready with the stuff, Right? We'll see. We're going to get it there. Pat? Sir? We got, please. Got any other calls? We got a full house. Well, this is what I want you to do first. I, I'm going to be right back. I just got to check something, okay? Mm-hmm. And, Pat, when I got to check something, I don't trust Mike to be in charge of that. God knows what he's going to say. He'll start soliciting for bootleg coasters of the show or whatever he's going to do i don't trust it and no offense i really don't trust woodio with it he's going to start doing his bark character again yelling attack murder them uh he'll start saying stuff like um wait till they get a load of me now all the all the lines that Blark said in Spine of uh, God. Um, so you hold it down for 30 seconds, okay? You got it. Topic tonight. Top 100 songs of all time. We're going to have a special guest, director Penny Lane. will be on to talk about her new film. It's a documentary on Kenny G., going to be on HBO Max and in theaters soon. If you got some for the topic, you can give us a call here at 201 Dead Hug. If you can't spell that out on your phone, that's 332 3484 here on The Best Show. Streaming worldwide at thebestshow.net. Tom will be back in just a moment. Keep those phones ringing, folks, at 201 332 3484. Hear how he does it? You hear that? You hear that? Thank you, Pat. Thank you. You got it. It was like Miami Steve. It was like Miami Steve. 
Wait till you read the book. I think your, your opinion of Miami Steve might change a bit. Oh, I don't have an opinion of Miami Steve. <laughs> I have an opinion of Pat, though. And he's great. But I'm saying it, it's, you know, it may not be the compliment that you hope it to be. All right. Well, so well, far, my memory is not tarnished. <laughs> Did you get the book yet, Pat? No, I haven't got it yet. Oh, you got to get it. Christmas is around the corner, though. Okay. Yeah, Santa Claus <laughs> might be bringing a copy. You got to get it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'll read it. I mean, it sounds like it's mm. going to be our next book club book. And speaking of book club, yes, nothing but a good time is the book club book. We are going to record next week. We're going to record with, or if they, I believe we're going to have the authors of nothing but a good time, the oral history of, of, uh, of eighties metal, eighties LA metal, the hair metal scene. We're going to talk to the authors. It's a fun book. We'll figure out, we'll figure out, maybe get a listener or two on there, right? Yeah. We should figure out a way to, what do you think about this studio and Uh Pat? And again, studio. Yeah. You're, you're, you're crucial to this thing. You're crucial. Pat is Miami Steve, right? Mike is the big man. Right. But we also need you. You know, I actually know who I know who Jason is. He's you gotta not, have that beat. He's not Mighty Max. He's not Mighty Max. You know who he's Jason Nils? is? He's Nils. No, no, he's better than Nils. He's the secret weapon. I know what Who's you're gonna that? say. I think I think Patty? No. I think <laughs> I think Jason No, he's the Patty Skullfully <laughs> of the band. <laughs> Jason I Gore. like that. You don't go ahead. Who is he, Pat? Jason Gore is Dancing Danny Federici. Rest in peace. Rest in R. peace. But big man, rest in peace. Too. Yeah, I'm, I'm resting in peace. Danny too, yeah. was yeah. Danny was was old school, from high school, much like Steve. But they were mm-hmm. like he was in the band the whole time. He was laying it down. It was wild he card. He he did the accordion on Sandy. He did he that those organ lines on all those records are amazing. But those those first two, come on, get out of here. The guy was yeah, but guy. I got it. I got it. Look. I was the I th- best. I I look. I think he's kind of like. I I think look. I could see that, but I think anytime you say Gary Gary Talent or or Roy Bitten mm-hmm. or Danny Federici, he's going to feel like a second class citizen. Your Miami Steve, Mike is Mike is Clarence Clemens. I'm Bruce Springsteen. I just think when I think of Danny, I think he's like honestly one of my favorite members of the band early on. Well, do you want to be him? And he, and he was a very he's a very nice guy. He was. Do you want to trade places and no, make no, and I'm, you can I'm, be him? I'm happy being Steve. Oh, I'm, I noticed that. I'm just saying. I think Jason's argument is that he should be Nils because when they got rid of Miami Steve, they brought in somebody who actually could play the guitar. Boing. A little too well, though, if you ask me. Boy. <laughs> yeah. So you feel like he played too good for the band? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. He didn't fit after right. Tunnel Love Tour or whenever he took over. It was mm-hmm. like those electric pickups and. All right. Act, active, excuse me. Active pickups. Nine volt battery in the back. Jason knows what I'm talking about. Oh, I got it. Yeah. So it's you were. Okay. Well. You don't think 
I kind of think that studio kind of feeling like you should, you really don't want to be Jake. Uh, uh, what's his face? Gary talent. No, uh, Tom Morello. I really don't want to be Tom Morello. <clears throat> I hopes. Do you want to be Ed Mannion? <laughs> no. How about, about Vinny Lopez? No. Yeah, you're Mad Dog. No. You don't want to be Mad Dog Vinny Lopez? Because no, he he was he was barely there. He should be Jake Clemens. Jake Clements. Oh, so that would make him your that would make him your your nephew or something, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. I think you should be seriously, Jason. After thinking this through, uh-huh. I really feel like you're the Clark Gayton of the. What if, what if Jason someone someone from the Sessions Band? We, we go even deeper. You don't want to be the trombonist of the E Street Band. No. Miami okay. Horns. How about Suki Lahav? <laughs> no. <laughs> she she was in the East Street Band from 74 to 75. That's it. Susie Tyrell. You could be Susie Tyrell. Yeah. By the why way. Is, why is Meatloaf on this list of members <laughs> of the East Street Band? <laughs> I seriously don't think <laughs> Meatloaf was in the East Street Band. Um, Roy, Tom, bit, Mike, Roy played okay. on... Bad out of hell. Yeah, no, but but Meatloaf wasn't in the E Street Band. I know they all they all went and grabbed a paycheck playing on that Meatloaf record. You I think how it. mad was Bruce Springsteen when he found out the whole band went and basically gave this 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 like theater dope, like a guy doing like show tunes. He's like, I'll do Bruce Springsteen songs, but they'll be more like show tunes. And I'm, the entire band is going over there while I'm in the middle of all these lawsuits. They're just going to go jam with this other guy who's stealing my thunder. How many think they were, it, was, it was. I thought it was just Roy. Who played on it? He's the only one? On the whole record sounds like the E Street Band. Well, yeah, it's like they're emulating that sound, but I, I don't know if anyone else besides Roy did okay. it. Well, there you go. Maybe just, I don't well, know. How mad would he be at Roy? <laughs> I really feel like you should be Patty Scalf, Leah. Now, Max was on it, too. <laughs> Max drummed on that? Bless yeah. You. Max was you don't want to be, you sure you don't want to be, you could either be, this is your choice, studio. Oh, God. Come Patty Scalf, Leah, <laughs> the synthesizer player for the E Street Band. Uh-huh. You could be David Sansius, Sansusios. Uh-huh. <laughs> How about Mad Dog or La Bamba? Well, these are the choices. Patty Scalafria. How did I lose Max? <laughs> I'm, just, just sit back and wait. Just hear me out. Patty Scalafria. David Sansus. Clark Gayton. The trombonist. Okay. Suki Lahav. The violinist from 74 to 75. Tom Morello. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Or Max Weinberg. I'm going to go with Max Weinberg. Okay. I just want to give you choices. But Danny wasn't even an option. No, I don't want you to be him. I feel like that's a that's a, that's a a role. These other two will just be able to give you the business till the end of time. 
You got to be a you got to be a, a front chair member. Tom, I have uh, my contact who um, I was vaguely running off facts about that freehold thing. They are standing by and could call in and give you more info if you want it. Call they can yeah put them uh, have them call after after we do uh, Penny Lane. I don't want I'm not gonna miss the hotline no. get clogged up because I'm arguing about the freehold accent. Okay. And then I got the the guest can't get through because I'm screaming at somebody about how no one in freehold <laughs> sounds like Foghorn Leghorn. Sounds like Matlock. You think Matlock was from Freehold? Do I have to say his name? <laughs> we gotta find. I gotta find audio on it because people are think think I'm making this up right now. How exaggerated he screams that stuff on stage. Hold on. Let's see here. Let me find a version of this. Hold on. Let me type in Rosalita. There we go. Let's check Houston. Let's see. Let's see how I can do this. Oh boy! Oh brother, huh? Oh brother! Maybe maybe he did it specifically for Houston. Maybe he did it like when he was in the South. Mike, it's every it's every one of them. Everyone, yeah, even even no, it's everyone. Yeah, I'll check the Passaic shows. Here we're gonna check. We're gonna check. But he still Roxy. does it. Hold on. New Jersey's ever sounded like that. I have another theory, Tom. Well, can just I, let me, put, Mike. I... Just listen. Sit back and listen. Wrap your head okay, around yeah. your your theory.
That's how I would introduce you. Hold I was on. introducing you. Do I have to speak his name? Do I have to say his name? In this corner, king of the world, master of the universe, weighing in 260 pounds, big man, large flames. Nobody talked like that. And I'm sure on this version, he doesn't say the record company gave me a big advance. I'm sure I'm going to be mad at this one. Let's take bets. Who thinks he says <laughs> he says it as it is on the he says the record company is Rosie gave me yeah, a big advance. Which show is this? Los Angeles? This is the Roxy, uh, July seventh, nineteen seventy eight. I think Pat, Pat. What do you say? I think we know he doesn't because you've listened to all these so much and you're. But sometimes so he does. Sometimes yeah, no. he does. Yeah. Sometimes think, he does. I think that audience was probably a lot of record executives. So I think he, he said it. Yeah, I think so, so, so Mike saying Mike saying he, he's in lingo land. So he's yeah, gonna, he's in lingo. Give them what yeah, they yeah. want. I'm going to yeah. say he doesn't because of your frustration. Tom. All right, here I'm, we go. I, I'm going. Wait, I'm going to say he says Hollywood advance. No way. <laughs> All right, here we go. Big bucks. Oh, big <laughs> bucks. <laughs> Big bucks. That's the worst. God bless yeah. him. Nobody would have guessed that one. Why is that terrible? He's mixing it up, guys. He's having yeah. fun on the road. Who cares? It's my favorite line in the song, Pat. The word advance is your favorite line. It certainly is. Better than bucks. Well, yeah, why does he single out the word advance? Why not change all the lyrics? Um, my favorite. It's the, best part style. Of the, it's the best part of the song, payout. <laughs> Theory, my theory is with the the southern accent thing. Can I, think, I have, you know, can I have her call in? It's sixty seconds, please. On this. our guest is coming on in four it. minutes. <laughs> we can settle it in four. Real minutes. sixty seconds right now. Here we go. I'm going to do it. Penny timer. Lane, hold Penny, on. Penny, if you're listening and you can't get through, it's because we're arguing about. No, no, I'm I'm giving this person. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. Is this guy from Freehold? Let's let's get his bona fides first. Okay, guys, the uh, timer's going. <laughs> this right, this person is not. Everybody calm down. Yeah. The timer's going. Got the, everybody's being a Weisenheimer to everybody else tonight, me included. And I don't like it. <laughs> 50 seconds. Uh-huh. I don't like myself right now. Pat, I want you to just listen to seconds. this.
Yeah, it rhymes. The most the dramatic moment in the song. Because <laughs> then he goes, and my tires were slashed, and I almost crashed. But the Lord had mercy. My machine, she's a dud, stuck in the mud somewhere in the swamps of Jersey. Where's this car stuck? On the Meadowlands? He's, he's mentioned Ocean swamps. County Park before. There's not that many swamps in New Jersey. I, I have... um I have the Everglades? I have the person I mentioned on hold. I also have Director Penny Lane on hold. Okay, let's talk to your. Let's talk to. Let's clear this up, and then we'll talk to our guest Penny Lane. Okay, I have a friend of the show, Gabby. You know her. She's been in the studio. We all love Gabby. Here she is to say. Gabby, hi, Gabby. Hi, you might know me from Martine. Yes, Martine Sellis. Yes, it's very nice to talk to you, Gabby. You're you're awesome. Thank Please explain this now. Will you have you been have you heard any of this? Look, I have talked to Pat. Look, about- you're saying look. Who are you? Me? That's my thing. I say <laughs> look. To Go, get, get to the point. It's me and Obama say look. <laughs> so go ahead. I'm so sorry. I'll. I know my place. I'll. I'll say no, it. I love it. I was uh, just saying who. Just say yeah. I I say it too. I'll say yeah. You're right. You do. So the issue is that um, it doesn't seem you, nobody believes that Freehold had a large population of of Southerners. Mm-hmm. Is it was this being contested? You were trying to figure out. Yes, we're trying to contested. figure out why he talks like he's Foghorn Leghorn, and we all know where he's from. Right, it's the draw. It's do I have to say his name? <laughs> <laughs> But you don't fill stadiums if you don't appeal to, you know, all people. And in America, that kind of voice, you know, gives you some sort of like every man cred. No, Do you think it's a you think that part you think it's performative then? No, I don't. Of course not. No, because that would be that would be a slight against Bruce and you will never get that from me. Um, no, he's he's not performative. He's real. Bruce is, he, he is, he is super he is, real. Come on. One of the most performative humans that's ever <laughs> existed. That's what I'm saying. So, but go ahead, Gabby. Gabby, the floor is yours. Thank you. He, so Bruce Springsteen grew up in Freehold, New Jersey, as you all know, and there was a small section of Freehold, a working class section of Freehold, that was nicknamed Texas because it was filled with a a lot of southern migrants, um, can I say the word hillbillies anymore? Is that a ban? Is that a- you just did. You just did. I just ah oh, man, but yeah, it would. I don't know why. I don't know what drew them to Freehold, New Jersey, but um, that is where his accent comes from. He just absorbed it. So you think these 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 Texas the Texas the in the influx of Texans impacted the accent. It's very interesting and this is news to me. And it I look I actually am happy because then it just means he's not a maniac. No, it's no, not it's not and, no and Gabby he's it was, it was Texas specific, right? Yeah, yeah this is not true. I'm gonna shoot this theory down. What were they doing in New Jersey? Yeah, I mean they they probably came for work. Oil. I agree with exactly. you know oil. Workers come up from different we get southern workers in Bayonne. But, you know, they're seasonal, and it, it doesn't affect the accent of the town. If you're a little kid. No, you, I, Bruce is doing a Southern preacher thing. He continues to do that. 
So I think this is this this is an early incarnation of that. Right. You know, he's pre- about this, huh? he's, he's preaching the religion of rock. I'm with and roll. Gabby on this one. I'm with Gabby on this one. <laughs> did you ever work in a Sears catalog store in Freehold? I did for years. I never heard anybody come in with a Texas twang. Hold on come a on. second. Well, that's a brain. How how are you bearing the lead yeah. on this one? You've been on the show for 32 years. You never mentioned you <laughs> you were working a Sears catalog. Yeah, factory. One of my job, not a factory. It's a Sears catalog store. I'm working in the Sears catalog <laughs> factory. Does Gabby My know where the shop right is in Freehold on South Street? Someone tearing out the underwear section of the factory. I, 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 I I'm not coming at this with no credibility whatsoever. I have cousins. I have been to Freehold. I've had family holidays. So yeah. you know where the shop right is then, right? I know exactly. I know that I know it. I've, I've Mike's trying to pull rank. <laughs> Mike's trying to pull rank. Gabby just sat Mike down. There Poor was Gabby a Sears down. catalog store there that I worked for when I was in college. Oh, and, you know, I wasn't born yet. What's that? I'm sorry. Yeah, no. you probably weren't born. You're right. We're going to get, oh, we're going to get into this. Look, this is the beginning of this, not the end. <laughs> Gabby, you are now a part of this, whether you like it or not. So get ready to weigh in on this more in the future. I have a guest that I want, that I need to talk to. We, oh, we sh- the guest is on hold and I'm going to, I'm going to jump over to that now, but this is the beginning of this now, not the end. So thank you, Gabby. You have a topic, you have a topic for next oh, week. We're so. going to get anywhere near the top this week's topic. We didn't get anywhere near it. The only one we have on the list is shaving cream at number 32. The song shaving cream is the 32nd best song ever. That's the only one, the only slot we filled shaving cream. And it might go higher. And it might go higher. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you. Um, What do you want to be called? Do you want to be called Jersey city, Pat Um, Jersey, Steve. Jersey Steve, Jersey Steve Pat. Yeah, or just Jersey Steve. I like Jersey Steve Pat. Okay. All right. Well, let's go to, to, to let's talk to our guest, please, if we could. Hello. Hello. Is this Penny Lane? It is. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm just great. Thank you. Well, first of all, let me say, Penny, it is an honor to have you on the show once again. Oh, thank you. I was just trying to figure out the last time I was on, and it was eight years ago. It was from your movie, R. Nixon. That's right. Our Nixon, not R. Our R Nixon. makes it sound like it's A-R-E. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to say my, I'm trying to say the word our a little more. I'm trying to round it out more because I think I say R a little too hard. <laughs> Kind of soften my approach, Penny, because I feel like my my uh, my enunciation is is lacking. I disagree. I think it's perfect. Well, you're sweet to say that. Now, Penny, you made a movie called Our Nixon, and you were on the show eight years to talk about it, which you compri- was comprised of the the un unearthed Nixon tapes. Yeah. And you you built a uh, you built a feature doc out of that, and it was fascinating and amazing. And then that's when I was like, "Now Penny Lane, that's somebody to keep track of." <laughs> and what's going to come next? And then what came next was a, a movie called Nuts, 
which I did not see nuts. I'm sorry. It's all right. Should I see it? Yeah. Okay. I'll see it. What's nuts about? Nuts is about a guy who cures impotence by implanting goat testicles into Mm -hmm. men. Okay. I think I know why I didn't see nuts. (laughs) And then you did a sea monkeys documentary. Yeah, I sure did. Oh, I didn't see that either. Yikes. I'm I'm falling short here. I'm I'm not the super fan. I thought I, I claimed to be. That was only a short film. So, okay. But in terms of the biggies, the next big one was, was hell Satan. Yeah. Which is a masterpiece. (laughs) I'm telling you that movie is so good. Hell Satan. It's about, it's just about the satanic temple and it has, uh, oh my goodness. It's so good. Lucian Graves. Yeah. He's cool. Are you still in touch with him? Oh yeah. We talk. Do you tell him I said hi and that I want, I want to hang out with him. I will. I'll let him know. But then you kept the streak going of dealing with evil forces with your new movie, listening to Kenny G. That was yeah. a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> no, no, this mo- I'm going to say this right off the bat. Look, I'm not going to pretend that I'm like a Kenny G fan. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan. That's, that's just not my scene. Not. <laughs> it's just not my scene. I don't even, and I, but I don't care that he, I was never like, oh, I'm so mad at Kenny G. I can't. It's like, no, it's not for me. It's clearly for a lot of people, but it just did. It doesn't speak to me. That's fine. But but he is huge, and he is a, a true force in music. And you made this documentary where you explore it from all the angles, and it's a really amazing, it's really great the documentary listening to Kenny. I, I watched it twice. I loved it. First of all, first things first, when, when and where can people see it? Okay. So it'll be on HBO and HBO max next Thursday, December 2nd. Okay, great. So people in yes. next week, people will be able to finally see the movie. Yes. And, um, it's a really interesting study of this very this very unique interesting force and character in the in the world of music who deserves to be explored from all angles (laughs) all angles yeah so the film pretty much starts with this parade of music critics who come out to talk about how bad his music is which is an unusual beginning for a music documentary Yes. You start with the guy with the pork pie hat. He's all mad at it. And another guy, he's all mad at it. And they're just like, Kenny G sucks. Pretty much. Which is the general attitude that jazz critics and, and fans, that's a, it's a pretty universal stand. That's fair to say, right? 
Yeah, I think so. And that was like why I made the film. I thought it was really funny that Kenny G's music makes some people so angry. That's always been very funny to me. Um, mm-hmm. But so anyway, yeah. So I wanted to ask the question, why? Why does it make people mad? And more generally, why does it make us mad when other people like music that we think is bad? That's really what the film's about. But then well, I got to know Kenny. What, what was the so What was the impetus for it though? Was what was what what made you say? Oh my goodness! I think Kenny G is the is the next movie I want to make. So I think it was when he when Kanye got him to play for Kim Kardashian on Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. and it like blew up the internet. And I was just like, "What's going on? Like, are people are they laughing at him? Are they laughing with him? Is he laughing? I don't understand. Like, who's joking and who's not here?" So I started looking up Kenny G stuff and I realized that he's just like a super funny guy. Like, so I don't know how you would describe his character, but I would describe him as the happiest man on the planet, maybe possibly. I would, I would agree. Yeah. There's, there's something about, there's something about him and not that I want to start overanalyzing him at this point in our conversation, but I would say it's like, he is somebody who has all of the technical chops all of the experience he's more than done the work it's it's the backbone of what has that makes him exist is how much he practices and is dedicated to his craft but it's kind of all of that is kind of run through a pain-free existence (laughs) pain-free is a good way to put it yeah He's so happy with himself and his life, and he's satisfied, he's confident, nothing bothers him. And I found that fascinating because I knew how angry people got about him and how many mean things jazz people say about him, and I realized that he just doesn't care. He doesn't care at all. And I thought that would be fun to to learn about and to get to know him. And I, I had an idea that he might say yes to a film like this, and I'm not sure how many artists you could approach and say, Hey, I want to make a movie about why so many people hate your music so much and think it's terrible. And then they would say yes. But I had a hunch that Kenny would say yes. And I was right. Was that the, that like you were just straight up that that's where we're going to go with this. Yeah. And also, I mean, you know, cause you have to say the other side of it. Like we're talking about a tiny number of people who hate Kenny G. They just happen to be like highly represented and maybe like my social world, maybe yours, but pretty much like all over the world, Kenny G is absolutely beloved. And so when I'm talking to like normal everyday people and I say, I made a film about why people hate Kenny G, they're like, who hates Kenny G? Everyone loves Kenny G. So I also wanted to understand what makes him so popular because he is so popular. He's the 26th best selling artist of all time. And the number one instrumental artist of all time. Correct. And his Christmas album, which is, I didn't even get into this in the film, but his Christmas album is the second best-selling Christmas album of all time. That's unbelievable. It, um, yeah. you, you do put in the, the, uh, weekend update joke that Norm Macdonald told, which I always remember as when he just says, uh, Kenny G has a Christmas album out now and just, uh, happy birthday, Jesus. I hope you like crap. One of the greats. <laughs> yes. One of the greats. Yeah. He, um, 
but that's the general attitude for people who believe they have taste. He represents no, uh, he represents bad taste or no taste. I think that's totally true. Yeah. And I was really interested in that because I mean, again, I'm not a fan of his music. Um, I never really thought about it one way or the other, other than like as literally like elevator music, right? Like in the nineties, yeah. you were around in the nineties, you heard it everywhere you went, whether you wanted to or not. It was like in the mall, in the bank, you know, in the everywhere. Penny, Penny, I worked at a music store, a sheet music <laughs> store, not a record store, a sheet music store. Kenny G songbooks flew out of the store. It was one of the evergreens in the store in the, for the entire time I worked there, you, we couldn't keep Kenny, Kenny G stuff. We would just order, you'd order two dozen copies of every book of for every songbook, just knowing you'd blow through them. And it was just a regular thing. We always had to have it in stock. It sold year round every year all the time because he represents a certain a certain ideal for people looking to play the soprano saxophone or the or what or the tenor or alto he was he was just a, as aspirational as could be like people yeah. didn't think people don't think of people that would come in the store and they'd see a soprano saxophone they weren't thinking of John Coltrane doing my favorite things. They were thinking of Kenny G. Playing Songbird. Yeah, like that was his instrument, not Coltrane. Totally. Yeah, so, anyone who picked up a saxophone in the, in the 90s or early 2000s who wasn't thinking about Kenny G on some level. Even impossible. If didn't like him. Yeah, he's so ubiquitous. That's what blew my mind. Like, how did this person become, how did this music become so ubiquitous and so, like, present in our lives and I never thought about it as art like some artist made this as an expression of themselves I always thought of it somehow as like somehow some corporation had like made this music in like a lab you know yeah. um, but no it's made by a person who has a very particular set of ideas about art and a very particular personality and yeah, that's the music. It's well, what, were some, well, what were some of the things you were surprised? And we're talking to Penny Lane, who's the director of the upcoming documentary, Listening to Kenny G, which will be on HBO and HBO Max first week of December, uh, December 3rd? 2nd. 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 December 2nd. It'll be everywhere, and you should watch it. It's great. And so what were the initial – Kenny G says, yeah, I get it. I'm interested in it. And did he see that as something that was – that's a that's a theme that is worth exploring for him because he seems it he presents himself as like a water off of a duck's back kind of guy with any opinions people have of him but he clearly has to be aware of the stuff on some level and feel like it merits analysis cuz he he said yes so that i mean i think that he just didn't go get yeah. somebody to make a uh, like a like a, a whitewashed uh, like a promotional documentary almost like it's like he's not a producer on it, right? No, no, not no. at all. He had yeah. no creative control, and he did have people around him telling him not to do it and saying, "Oh, we should go, you know, get a 
hire a company to make us our own special, you know, mm-hmm. I think Kenny is smart. Kenny understands that my audience is not the same exact audience as his. It would be a way for him to be introduced to a lot of new people who wouldn't necessarily know who he was or, or know much about him. And I think he also understands that all press is good press. I don't think he cares if like the headlines are negative. I think he's just been around the block and knows that that's so good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he liked me. We really got along. I think he liked me and he trusted me. And, and I also clearly, I mean, the film is not like wall to wall hate or anything. It's certainly a lot of different points of view in the film. So I also told him that it wasn't like going to just be like a, a hate fest and it wasn't, you know, it's really, I tried to be very balanced in yeah, and about how look, I presented him and let you decide what you want to think about all of it. Absolutely. And you do, it's, it's, it's really solid in, in ver- some very specific ways that it needed to be where it's not just like hanging out. It, it, look, part a, a good portion of it is hanging out with Kenny G and you get to see what he's like in his actual life and, and who the person is when he's not on stage. Like you see who that is, but you also do challenge him in in certain ways and you show i mean somebody he seems incredibly aware of his image and even the even if he's carefree with it he's not he's carefree but he's not carefree he he wants to be the best he can be all the time and he you leave in these little moments between the moments that i think are really give you a, a glimpse into who the guy truly is where he's like, am I doing okay? Is Am I giving you what you want? Do you want me to talk more? Do you want me to talk less? Like he's, he's just like, he seems just like this achievement-oriented guy who wants to like be the best, but kind of his definition of what the best is might be different than the jazz, uh, jazz lover's definition of what the best is. It's probably different than your definition of the best too, you know, like he just, he's just, he wants to be the best at everything he does. So yeah, in the film you see him like being the best at baking an apple pie and being Mm -hmm. a father and flying a plane and playing golf and investing his money and anything else you can think of and being, he wants to be the best interview subject I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. He's, (laughs) he's so like dedicated to this, excellence yes which is really remarkable and it's, it's funny how people react to it like some people people have very different reactions to this film which makes me happy because i was hoping that would happen like what um, are some of the reactions you've been getting some people think that like my jazz critics were were like villains <laughs> they were there and i was like oh i really didn't think of them as villains i mean they're pretty nice in the grand scheme of jazz critics against kenny g um, and some people think that Kenny is like maybe a psychopath that he has like, uh-huh. so there's that. <laughs> some people just say, I want to be more like Kenny G, like all respect to him. Like he's sure. unbelievable. He works so hard. I want to be more like him. And also he's so self-confident. And then there are people who like hate how self-confident he is because they're probably insecure and they're like, damn it. Why is he like himself so much? There must be something wrong with him. I think um, I agree with all yeah. of those opinions. I think I have all of, I would say yes, to all of the jazz critics. 
it's a it's a weird thing because I was swinging between I was like I can't stand these jazz critics like but I also can't stand his Kenny G's music also so I'm just like I don't know if there's I don't know if I'm rooting for anybody in portions of the movie I'm just like I think they're all I think everybody kind of sucked at different points in the movie but it's just like that's it's because it, it, it he he kind of became this force, and it was not some Machiavellian thing where he's in a lab creating this image. He kind of ended up there, and <laughs> and like ro- rode the ride. Yeah, I think that was the thing that surprised me the most, was really just thinking about how unlikely this was. Like, <laughs> nobody in 1986 was like, you know what we need is, like, a, a, a white saxophone player from Seattle mm-hmm. who plays soft, like, instrumentals that aren't jazz at all, but, like, sort of are. And yeah. that guy's going to have hit after hit after hit. Like, that's going to happen. No one would ever have predicted that, ever. Never. So never great. take that bet. Oh my God. Never in a million years. But, but you also, you do, there are some legitimate grievances with Kenny G that go beyond his music is like uh dentist office music or. Yeah. It's just that the idea that jazz is obviously a, a art form that has a, it is an African-American art form. And, and it, it is interwoven. I said the thing that he seems like he's had this kind of pain-free existence. It's a music that is just infused with emotions. And one of those is pain. That is what makes jazz the art form that it is, is that it is so heavy with joy, with sorrow, with just religion and suffering and there's so much like that is what the the music is about at its best it is like it is inseparable from that and to have somebody that kind of just struck all of that first of all didn't bring that to the table because it's just not who he was but then also is maybe a little cavalier about some of the moves he makes not maybe not thinking not not kind of not bearing that taking that to heart that that this is the this is the play the sandbox that he's in this is the history of that yeah he's completely truly pretty much uninterested in in jazz history or just jazz in general i mean you don't get the feeling he he really knows a lot about jazz or has listened to a lot of it um, and I do understand why, for someone who loves jazz, like, deep within their core, that's offensive. Like, it's offensive that, you know, 50 years later, he still is, like, abnormally uninterested in this form that he is a part of. He even um, says he isn't that interested in music. Like, <laughs> never mind jazz. I asked him, the very first question I asked him in the very first interview, which I thought was like a, dumb warm-up question i said what do you love about music and he 
paused for a long time and then said, I don't know that I love music that much. And then he like sat there and thought for a really long time of how to answer that question. Yeah. It seems like he loves excellence. He likes practicing. He loves practicing in some ways. You know, we went back to his high school with him and we kind of visited the band room where he really got started in the high school jazz band. And I, I, I wanted to do that because in my mind, like, He's still that same kid who's just practicing, like in the band room, you know, trying to get better and seeing how if he practices more, he gets better, his tone gets better, whatever. He can play more notes faster. He can circular breathe for longer. And there's also a really revealing moment toward the end of the film where he's talking about golf and how much more he enjoys talking about his golf trophies than his, like, Grammys and stuff. Because the golf trophies are objective like he literally beat somebody but the music trophies are just kind of subjective like oh you know someone liked it or someone else didn't and I thought that was super revealing he likes measurement like he knows exactly how much each of his albums have sold which probably most musicians do but they don't lead with that (laughs) they don't usually say yeah I mean some people are some people just know that it's maybe it's not the greatest look to just talk about the business side of the music business first yeah but i mean for him it's like well what are the metrics how do i know if i'm succeeding i mean number of units sold is a pretty good metric right yes absolutely and there's a there's a point in the in the film where there's a he has like a work he has like a a a, kind of like a collage mural type painting in his that's in his home it's in his studio, yeah. In his studio. And he literally isn't sure who one of the guys on it is. And I'm at home screaming, it's Thelonious Monk. It's it's a pretty iconic image of Thelonious Monk with his beanie on. It's just like, and then he's like, oh, who is this? Oh. And I'm just like, Oh, oh my God. I could not believe he would know everything about the, the cockpit of, of one of his planes or everything about his different golf clubs, but he doesn't know who, who one of the, the faces on Mount Rushmore when it comes to jazz is. Right. And just to be clear, in a painting that he purchased and is the only painting hanging in his studio. It's not like <laughs> I randomly quizzed him. Who's this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A painting that's been sitting there, I think for 20 years. Um, and it just, it's such a weird thing that you can, and I, I, I get this. The closest comparison I can make with this is I love basketball and Every once in a while, there'll be NBA players who are so great and so so blessed by talent and have also worked incredibly hard to have this, to, to maximize the talent and to get to the point where you become one of the 400 best basketball players on the planet, but they just don't love it to their core. Mm. They can do it. They can do it, and they're doing it at the highest level, but it's so fascinating to think about somebody doing a thing like that 
that when you when you do something in the arts, but you just don't love it, it's it's such a it's such a foreign concept because I'm gonna go out on a limb here. In fact, I don't even think I am going out on a limb here. You have handed your life over to making movies. And yeah. look, we all have a thing where it's like, oh, this is a job for money. We all take, there's all money. Everybody does a money job here and there. And maybe some people just do money jobs. Whatever the circumstances, the reality is you do what you got to do. I would never judge somebody for not being a, a, a suffering artist. If that's not in your right. makeup, then you don't do that. But you, you are one of the people who I, I see you're, you're making movies because you want that movie to exist. I'm going to, I don't want to speak for you, but I do think I can see that in you. Yeah. You're, you're just not moving from thing of like, Oh, I'll take it or leave it and stuff. You care. And it takes years to make these things. Mm -hmm. Isn't that such a weird concept? (laughs) yes and I think it's interesting that you brought up athleticism because I do see that in Kenny like a lot of what he does in his live shows it feels more like sports like he's like Mm. I can hold this note for five minutes because I'm circular breathing or like I can play so many notes in the next 30 seconds you'll be your mind is blown right and it's like these are not musical ideas like walking around holding a note fist bumping the audience is not a musical idea. <laughs> it, is, it feels kind of like a sport for him. It's like sports and, and the, the, it, it, you're, you're dead on with it. The other thing it reminded me of was it reminded me of heavy metal where you'd have guys like Ingve Malmsteen <laughs> and they're playing a mile a minute and it's, it's all proficiency, but there's not the amount of heart that's behind it is you can put, you can question how much heart is there. And look, I'm sure if somebody loves Ingve Malmsteen, they'd say it's all heart. I think, but it's just like from where I'm sitting, I feel like sometimes people are technicians and there's not a whole lot of heart there, but there's a ton of technique. And that's what, that's what I feel coming off of Kenny G is like, he is a technician. Yeah. And it's interesting because you said like from where I sit, and I think that's so key. Like I was really interested in how different people just receive that music really differently. You know, when I talk to like 19 year olds, they think this music's super cool. Like they didn't grow up having it forced down their throat at the mall. Yeah. They've never heard it before, and they think it sounds awesome. They're like, what is this amazing sound? So, you know, so the context is everything. It's like, did you hear that song at somebody's wedding? Or, like, did you hear that song at the dentist's office? And I think it's amazing that Kenny writes songs. And I just want to be clear, like, he is very good at this. He writes songs that, that are useful to people in their lives. Like, they're useful for, like, for some people, they're useful for, like, having sex. And for other people, it's useful for, like, calming down your patient before oral surgery. Um, or in the, Chinese, in the Chinese government uses the music to, like, kick people out of the mall at the end of the day. 
Like, it's useful music. And then the same song will get used at a wedding. I mean, it's, it's astonishing that, like, that Kenny can do this thing that looks so simple. He writes these really simple-sounding songs. Mm-hmm. But they're, like, they're really useful to people. And I think that's the key to the, his success. He's made, like, he literally has made, like, musical furniture. In, like, Absolutely. A good, a good way, in a sense, you know? But, like, it's useful. You, you have to sit on it. If you want to say something, though, it's just like, Look, Brian Eno, who in the world of music, of popular music, people, like, could anybody have more respect than Brian Eno, like 50 years of, of just being, being just appreciated as a visionary artist? In the 70s, he was the one who was beating the drum to just say that music, there needs to be different kind of musics to fit different kind of aspects to life that's why he did music for airports and he's doing all of this that's where ambient music came out of from from him was just like there can be soundtracks to different parts of our life and that should be a we we deserve to have quality soundtracks to things that can kind of it can slide to the forefront of your mind if you start paying attention to it it can roll back into this into just to being background sound if you're not paying attention to it but it's present and it's there and that's the whole discrete music concept that he worked on in the mid 70s he's brian eno has been beating the drum for what kenny g ultimately (laughs) became this giant of (laughs) we have to talk about smooth jazz like as a concept (laughs) Mm -hmm. because there's this genre of music called smooth jazz that I don't even know if it's really, I think it's still around. I don't know, but But when when did it start? It started in like the very end of the eighties, like maybe 89, 88, 89. And And it it aligns perfectly with his, with his ascent. Well, yeah, it's actually exists because of his ascent. So, you know, Kenny G is coming out with all these hits. The radio stations, like, can't play them fast enough. People are so obsessed with this, these songs. And then they start doing market research, and they're trying to find, like, what music. They basically need to come up with a radio format that would accommodate Kenny G's music. Like, what what other music should we play around the Kenny G songs that, like, everyone wants to hear all the time? And this market research firm came up with the name Smooth Jazz. And then it just got picked up by all these stations and all of these like former like rock stations and oldie stations, other kinds of stations just adopted this format and it became the biggest format in radio for like 15 years. Because because they were looking for something, they were looking for a kind of music. And again, we have Penny Lane here. She is the director of a movie called Listening to Kenny G, which will be on HBO, HBO Max, December 2nd. It's a great movie. Everybody check it out. Um, and we're also not spoiling anything. It's like, look, it's a story of Kenny G. You know who he is. It's not like, <laughs> like we're not ruining anything, but it's a, that, that form smooth jazz was meant to be where it's because people, the word jazz is like a, a very loaded word for a lot of people where they're just like, it sounds like it's going to be bad. 
not for exactly me. just Whatever. not for me like yeah. it's going to be atonal it's going to be there's nothing for me it's to hold be, on to yeah. i don't understand it yeah yeah, I don't have a PhD, so I'm not going to understand it. Yeah, and like music theory, like it's like because because and look, as somebody who understanding jazz is one of the things I, as a non musician, will struggle with for my entire life. I I have to just appreciate the feelings that it brings out in me when I listen to it. But no, am I ever going to truly understand this? No, I'm just. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I just am not, I, I don't understand yeah. how you make and build jazz. I don't have a, a, a degree in musical theory. So, but, but smooth jazz. Oh yeah. Oh, now you're talking. <laughs> yeah. And it took, it took elements of, of R and B took elements yeah. of pop and it just became very like a very palatable version of things that you could play at the office. Yeah. And also it was the first time in almost what 80 years at that point that jazz was popular. Like jazz was a popular art form in like, I don't know, thirties, forties, you know? Yeah. I mean, you'd say miles Davis in the fifties, you know, like, well, that's when like he, when he like, uh, like uh birth of the cool, Mm-hmm. But it's still like by the sixties he was go like he was going out. It was not for everybody what he was doing. Like yeah. it was not aimed at the okay. masses and it and the masses yeah. also were not until Miles Davis kind of like retooled his thing with like bitches brew and having adding like a rock funk element to things, his sales were steadily declining all through like the early and mid sixties. Um, that's just where jazz was at that point. But you, so yeah, so you're saying like, since, since that, since at the latest, the fifties is that Kenny G had brought, brought it back. But, and you also make a a really great point in it. You lean into with one of the, one of the talking heads says something to the effect that when you get to reverent with a form it's the it kind of like signals the death of the form how how did he say you remember yeah that? Uh, sacralization he was saying that you know people are always talking about how jazz is sacred and he yeah. was basically saying that sacralization of any art form is what will kill it you know it turns it into a museum piece it turns it into like art history um instead of letting it change and grow and that said i mean i don't want to i don't i don't feel like oh kenny g's music is great and everyone should just accept that it's good because it's sold so many units i don't i don't that's not my argument at all and i definitely don't think i would say like oh kenny g's music is definitely jazz and it's like really good jazz like none of these are things the film is trying to argue Getting into those questions is super interesting because it could apply to a lot of other art forms, you know? Um, it's not really just, like, about jazz. Like, every, every like I was thinking, like, okay, who's the Kenny G of, like, um, restaurants, right? Like, isn't it, like, Bobby Flay or something? Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri is the Kenny G of, yeah. like, mall, mall food or something, you know? I feel like mm-hmm. every form has, like, that very successful figure that, like, 
people that really have good taste know is bad, but everyone else thinks is great. And there's something about that that is funny and interesting. Like, there's just something great and weird about that dynamic, and I think it's super, I don't know, it's kind of important, too. Oh, absolutely. No, this is, look, it's definitely, it's it's so interesting to me because he he is such a such a a top of the pyramid icon when it comes to this but it plays into that the 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 reason why i got into like indie rock or whatever you want to call it was because the biggest thing wasn't the best thing and i i thought the best thing could be a band that sold 500 copies of a single i thought that was as they they could legitimately be in my opinion the best band on earth at any, at that moment could have been a band that n- nobody knew about, but they were the best. Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of art, but you really go so deep into the concept of art and commerce and what each of those roads take a performer and, and take a fan it's a real, it's a, it's a really interesting study of all of that stuff. And you, you did such a great job kind of pulling all these threads, but not in any sort of like, you're, you're, you're so like agnostic in, in it, which I think is a pretty, pretty huge accomplishment. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. Yeah. Cause I, I really do like Kenny. I, I, I was never trying to make a film that was making fun of him or anything. I think he's, his positive energy is just like the energy of the movie. Like he just has this huge smile on his face the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so I do too. And then it's like everyone else does. Like even my like cranky jazz critics, they're having a great time. Like everyone in this movie is laughing and smiling and having fun. And I think that's super important because it can sound really like, I don't know, um, too serious or something like too intellectual, but it's mostly just fun. It's mostly just like a funny movie. <laughs> yeah. And, and it is, I know we're, t- we're talking, I'm, I'm bringing up all these themes to it, but I do think they run yeah. under the surface. It's such a fun movie and it is so interesting to hang out with this guy who I would have thought just like, well, that's not necessarily my kind of guy in terms because his, because his music doesn't speak to me at all. But then you're just like, I get who he is. I might disagree with some of the ways he looks at his music or looks at music, but people do like him. And it's, it's like, look, I like things that they wouldn't like. And I wouldn't want them to, to just take away what I like. Yeah. I think that's good. I mean, I think that like, you know, I think it's good to have strong opinions about art and to really deal with it and like really try to evaluate quality. I think it matters, you know, Um, what makes something great. Like we should talk about that and we should fight about that. We should argue about that. But I think that like at this point, when I think about people just saying like the people say like the meanest stuff about Kenny G's music and also about his fans. And at this point, I'm just like, okay, I mean, I draw the line at, like, trashing someone's fans. Like, I I really can't go for that. I mean, I think about all these people who have gotten married to Kenny G's music or, you know, it's just been the soundtrack to, like, some of the most important days of their life. And Mm. I, I would never, I would never, I mean, I think it's just horrible to imagine 
someone like that being told like, oh, your taste is bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like terrible thing to do yeah you're like i don't know hey, i don't know if you know this or not but uh you're an idiot <laughs> yeah he's not really jazz just so you know yeah it's like okay thanks thanks for that appreciate it it's um yeah it's really it's really amazing and it's really impressive and um you you did it again penny lane you made thanks, another Tom. great movie and so what are you doing next? I saw something on IMDb, but I'm not going to bring that up. You tell me. <laughs> well, I'm making a film now about my kidney donation, which I did a couple years ago. I donated one of my kidneys to a stranger, to someone I've never met, someone I'll never know. And I'm making a film about it. So it's called Confessions of a Good Samaritan. Very different. <laughs> no, that is uh, unbelievable. Wow. You're I tell I'm you. I mean, you can just say it. You can just say it. It's fine. No, look, the word hero gets thrown around a lot these days, <laughs> but really when it comes down to it, somebody who can be friends with uh, with uh, Lucy and Graves and Kenny G, um, I think <laughs> that speaks volumes that your phone has both of their numbers in it <laughs> and that you're going to text both of them happy Thanksgiving. Um <laughs> No, I look, I'm, I, I, uh, well, that's, that's, that's awesome. When, when is that going to be done? Oh, I have no idea. (laughs) So next year, maybe the year after, I don't know. Uh huh. Well, I think it's, I, I, you, I love what you did with a a subject that would have been so easy to have either slid into making this guy a punchline or doing some toothless, uh, you know, elect uh, electronic press kit for him. You you made a you made a, a film that is a real study of this thing that is enormous, and and you you covered all the angles, and I'm I'm really impressed by it, and and I'm glad you were able to take some time, and we could talk about it. Thank you. I just want to add that you know Ken Burns did like 50 hours on jazz, and he didn't mention KG once, which I thought was a real. The real tragedy. I'm trying to make up for it with my phone. Sure. Now you can tack. We'll call you. You should just call it the 51st hour. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, yeah. Now you're uh, you, you did a great job, and everybody should check it out next week when it is on HBO and HBO Max. Listening to Kenny G and Penny, Thanks, I appreciate it. You're awesome, and I will talk to you real soon. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. Bye. All right, who do we got here? We got my my crew. Anybody? Great interview, Tom. I enjoyed that very much. Thank, thank you, Mike. I appreciate that's that's what I was looking for. Wow, know? that was that was that was a great interview. Can't wait to see the movie now. Yeah. No, it really it's it's a seriously great movie and it's interesting and and she hits it from all angles, and it's just like because it's undeniable. This guy is a force of nature, it, and it's you can't, you might not be into it, but you can't pretend it's not happening. I will say, as a saxophone player, yeah, um, I always found it very odd how he played out the kind of out the side of his mouth. Okay, 
just because like it takes a lot like you use a lot of mouth muscles like for like if you put the the saxophone in the middle of your mouth you use mm-hmm. a lot of muscles to do it so I, the whole time i'm always thinking my god he's got so many muscles in the side of his face there mm-hmm. well uh, look uh, uh, jason if i could read between the lines i'm just going to say no no <laughs> you cannot be clarence clemens <laughs> You're trying to say, well, I'm a sax player. You're trying yeah, to subtly slide that in there. I, I played tenor sax for 12 years, so I have that experience. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, I don't have to tell you. Mike's the big man. And the tambourine. <laughs> Mike's the big man. Uh-huh. Look, you've got a very, a very, very important role in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Seriously. I'm not, I'm just like, I'm not going to minimize it to get to be the Vinny Lopez of the best show. I, I, no, no, I, I'm, I'm Max Weinberg. We, Wait, which we decided, one are you now? I, we decided that I was Max Weinberg. <laughs> I kind of thought we settled on you being Ed no, Mannion. No, no, no. I Max Weinberg is the one we, we, we got down to. You sure? You sure about that? No, I, I'm, I'm positive. I'm positive. There were a lot of options on the table, and we went with uh, Max Weinberg. I could swear you said I'm Everett Bradley. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was definitely uh, Max Weinberg. Okay, well, you're Max Weinberg. Yeah, that's where we. And then we've out. got Miami Steve. We've got Miami Steve Pat. Right, that's me. And then we got the big man over there. Faster than a locomotive. Do you have the to say his man. name? <laughs> Able to leap tall women. I mean, tall buildings <laughs> in a single bound. Do I have to say his name? I, 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 I'm still having a look. Uh, Gabby, I think Gabby made great points. And, and Gabby, you might be 100% right on this. I'm still just trying to picture this three block radius in freehold where like the, they were living like the movie giant yeah. in, yeah. in this three it's, block it's, radius in, in, in it's freehold. a frontier town. It's a, it's yeah. a little, it's a mini frontier town where outlaw Pete and, uh, yeah. and the guy, the guy from Looney Tunes who said, uh, what in tarnation, uh, they're all there. I can tell one memorable story about the Sears catalog store in Freehold that I worked at. One night, a family came in, and they had bought and they had bought all uh, the things you would need for like a country band. You know, there was a guitar, and, and there was a cowboy hats. The whole family was in on this, and they were trying out the stuff in the store when when they got this stuff. And I'm like, wow, what's what's going to be the future for this family? I'm sure it would be pretty interesting. So maybe they they were one of the uh, Tex little Texas uh, families in in Freehold, but uh, that was the only one I ever saw come into the store. Yeah. So wait, it was a Sears catalog store. Yeah, it wasn't you know, just a Sears it, store. It was no, a Sears it wasn't catalog the retail. You you could order from the catalog. Uh-huh. And you could order appliances. My main job was... Yes, hi, I'd like to find out, do you have the new catalogs in stock? <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, we do. <laughs> Back okay, in the day I'll when, when people liked to order out of a catalog. Yeah. 
I wanted to ask, does the catalog have the underwear section in it? <laughs> Anybody call asking about that? Yeah, that's a famous, uh, you're alluding to the famous man on page, whatever page it was. I don't know. This just always seemed like, seemed like uh, some creeps <laughs> looking for their jollies. They'll look anywhere, including a well, Sears catalog. Speaking of creeps, you know, part of my job was also light janitor, janitor work, you know, cleaning out the trash back baskets and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And once while uh, cleaning out the, the trash basket in the men's room, what do I find below it? Take stashed it away. Take it easy. What? You know, what you a spank mag. Okay. So now, now I know one of my employees, my fellow co-employees is doing it in the bathroom. So I'm like, oh, my heart sank. Yeah, that's when you realized how low humanity could go. <laughs> and, it's, and it was only two options. There was only two mm-hmm. other guys in the place. So it was either the manager mm-hmm. <laughs> or my, uh, my, my coworker in the stock room who worked full-time. Um, he also had a, uh, a pipe, a sort of homemade uh, pipe that he used to smoke pot back there. So I, I, I suspect it was him. You know, I mean, so he had a hash pipe. Well, we'll get ready for that when we, because we're doing so far, everybody. We do a podcast called So Far which is Patreon bonus content for The Best Show, which is patreon.com slash The Best Show. That's the only way you can, that's the only way the show makes money. That's how you support the show is by participating in our Patreon. And we have original concept, original content going up all the time. We're going to have another Ask Tom is going up. There's so many great questions people asked over the last couple of weeks, few weeks. I'm going to record that this week. That'll go up. So far is the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young podcast that we do, and we're gonna uh, we're recording an episode that'll be up end of the week. Um, but people are saying, "What's the next show you're gonna do after that?" And some people are like, well, "Once you get to the end of the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young catalog, which is close, we're near the end. What are you gonna jump to next?" And some people are saying Weezer. I can do that. I don't know if I could do Weezer. Some people are saying, which one of you lunatics on this show said we do traveling Wilburys? That was me. All of those you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I still think it's a great idea. <laughs> oh, no, it's a great idea. It's also, it would also be our life, our life's work to basically document every traveling Wilburys project. Yeah. So that mean oh that means just oh every Bob Dylan album yeah the Beatles songs that were George's and his solo sure. records yeah Tom Petty all the Tom all the Tom Petty stuff all the Bob Dylan stuff all the George Harrison stuff all the Roy Orbison stuff yeah oh, oh. and then Jeff Lynne also <laughs> we can cover that as well so that's too much you might have to do that one on your own no nah, I can't do it without without the so far boys okay. And so far, boys, is a phrase that Mike came up with. I don't love it, but I will. But you all seem to love it, so I will acknowledge it as we are the so far boys. Oh, oh, we're going to have to be like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm listening to this Weezer record. Uh, the song Dope Nose is uh, 
<laughs> like, oh, next up, Hurley. We listened to the album Hurley. <laughs> Ratitude. We listened to Ratitude. Yeah. Ooh, oh, oh, right. Dead on my head, wasting time on my own. Weezer. Man, now I'm starting to think we're going to do Weezer or Todd Rundgren. Uh, Todd Rundgren would be the hardest one of all. All those Utopia albums. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. Okay, so uh, let's take some calls. Besho, hi. Hello, hi. Welcome to the best show. To whom am I speaking? Ah, hi. Hi, well. What's up? Who's this now? Dawson. 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 Where are you calling from, Dawson? The Midwest. The Midwest. Uh, any particular state? You want to get any any more specific or no? Say Missouri. Missouri. All right. How are things in Missouri? Uh, they are the median of the country. So basically we are the worst ish, the worst ish part of the country, Mm -hmm. but occasionally someone from, uh, a coast east, west, uh, Stops here, you know, along their on their travels, and mm-hmm. uh, they get to make it cool. But we can also be cool. Everyone's cool. In their Everyone's own cool. Yeah. No, I guess somebody's already doing uh, a Weezer podcast. I just got yelled at on Twitter. Can't do a Weezer right. podcast. My boys are doing one already. Oh, there's. Oh another. yeah, what's it? Nick is doing. I know Nick, of course. Well, I guess we're not doing a Weezer one. So we run theirs out of business. Yeah, there's there are multiple Neil Young podcasts. Yeah, we'll see. I might I might run them out of business. What's their show called? God, God knows they could have had me on their Weezer. They haven't me on their Weezer podcast, and nobody asked me to do nothing. Weezer podcast, no voiceover stuff. Nothing. Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, Jason's doing the part of he's doing spine of uh, night. He's playing Blorf as if uh, uh, he's living his best life playing Blorf. What? What's Blorf? I don't know. It's a voice he does in a thing. He he was in a movie called Spine of Night, The Spine of Night, which came out two weeks ago, I believe. Spine of Night. Yeah. And um and yeah. he plays a character named Blorf and he yells just like Revenge. <laughs> and I'm look, I'm happy for him, but I'm also a little I'll I'll admit when I'm envious. I'll admit when that old green the old green demon gets on my shoulder and is saying, Tom, you should have been Blorf. Jason took the part from you. 
That's not fair, is it? Uh, right? It's not equal, but yeah. It's not equal, but it's envy. What's your name again, Junior? Dawson. Dawson. Dawson, Dawson Junior. Dawson, can you tell Jason something on my behalf? Sure. Just because I'm, I'm a little shy. Can you ask him, yeah. ask him if I could be Blorf? Uh, okay. Hey, Dawson. Or, uh, hey, uh, hey, Blorf, can you be Jason? Oh, you got that so backwards. Oh, honey. You said, hey, Dawson, which is you. And then you said, wait, no, hey, Jason. Blorf, can you be Jason? God bless you. Okay, we're done. We're, we're, we're done with you. I know what he's going to oh, say oh, anyway. Oh. What's that? Oh, can, can, can I just do the topic really quick? Yeah, let's, no, no, that's what I want to do. We're moving on to the topic. What do you got for me? Okay, um, I'll do Don't Stop or Don't Stop or Die. There's some Lisa. No. No. No? No. Okay. No. Not Top 100, sorry. Might be a great oh. song. Can I do the Mr. Rogers song? The Mr. Rogers theme? Yeah. I think that song kind of sucks. Oh, man. How about the Aqua Teen Hunger Force theme song? The Aqua Teen Hunger Force theme. Look, I might put Mr. Rogers is a pretty good song. I don't think it sucks. I apologize for coming on so strong with that. I'm still just so steamed with this Borf stuff. It's (laughs) It's making me react so hard to it. How about the uh, how about the uh, Steven Universe theme song? Well, that's a that's a conflict of interest. If I put that on the list, oh, correct. Yeah, it's uh, I know a couple of those people. So, yeah, Spine of Night. Here it is. Meet Blorf. Would you put Brandon any? Uh, What's that? that uh, would you put any song that uh, Pong? As written on the list. Who, Paul Rust? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. What did he write? He wrote Lisa? You want me to put Lisa on the list? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Talk from love. All right. Well, look, I I like him a lot. Great guy. I got to hear the song before I could say whether it made the list. Thank you, buddy. I'm sorry. What's that? Good night. You too. Have to go. Bye. You too. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay. Yeah. What's your character's name again? Barrow. Barrow. B-E-R-O. B-E-R-O. Yeah. Not Blorf. Not Blorf. Well, how about this? Can you ask the makers of this thing if they can add a character named Blorf and can I be that character? Yeah, we can do that. If you could reach out and say, hey, would you mind, maybe we pull the movie from theaters. We're going to go back in and (laughs) add a character named Blorf to the mix. Do you want me to get them on the show? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Maybe. As long as they understand I'm going to talk about why I'm not in their movie. Yeah. I think they'd be happy to. They're following me on Twitter. 
Wait, is this your account? What account? Spine of Night? No, that's not me. I, I'm in the movie. Okay. All right, you're in the movie. I don't know. But I just sent you a clip. You did? Yeah. Look, look at your text. Look at my texts. There's a clip. And I retweeted it from the Best Show account. Okay. So this is this is Barrow. Yeah. This is you. Yes. We're under attack. Two arms. That's pretty good. We're under attack. Two arms. We're under attack. Two arms. We're under attack. Two arms. Yeah, I can't do that. There's a reason why you're playing this character. Blorf. No, you're not Blorf. You don't have enough being Barrow. You got to try to take Blorf from no, him. No, no, no. No, that's, I will make sure that they. Yeah. It's a good cast, too. Who else is in the cast? Richard E. Grant. Patton okay. Oswalt. Okay. Joe him. Manganiello. Good guy. Good guy. Um, Lucy Lawless. Lucy Law. Great. Good. Yeah. Great. No, and and it's a it's a good cast. I'm glad. Kristen Bartlett, very exciting. Yeah, she's very talented. Um, yeah, I just don't know why there's no room for old uh, old Tom in there. We'll find out. We'll get them to put. We'll see if they'll add Blorf to the to the director's cut. Um. Pat, another call, please. Hello, Best Show. Tom! Tom! Oh, I don't like any of this. Who is this? <laughs> uh, this is Mike in Minneapolis. Mike in Minneapolis. Now, Mike, can I ask a question? And this is all with all due respect. Yeah. Why, why would you think I would want to hear that? Well, I, I was trying to do the blues thing, but uh, oh, okay. I, I, <laughs> I, I thought, I thought, but it it doesn't work quite as well. No, no, it's I get, I get it now. I get it. I like it. <laughs> well, so what's going what on, Mike? You think I was doing? I did not know. That's why. I, that's why I asked. I was truly <laughs> confused. I was not sure what you were going for. Well, it it was sort of a half baked idea that I had, like. An hour and a half ago. <laughs> so, what do you got for me, buddy? Well, uh, how many how many songs can I list off for you? Give me three. Oh gosh! All right. Uh, Give me five. Okay, let's let's go with Sister Ray. I don't think it's top one hundred. Look, um, my favorite band ever. They're going to make the list. It might yeah. just not be Sister it's Ray, hard. though. It's hard to pick. Yeah, it's and I, and I have to admit my my pointer is maybe off because I I probably want to not go for the obvious choice somehow. Mm. Sure. Which is my problem. Okay. Uh, this is another shot in the dark. How about on the beach? That's a pretty good one. Is yeah. that the Neil Young song yeah. that should make it, though? Is that the Neil Young song that makes it on the beach? 
that was the question. But I have to admit, I've been really hooked on that live version with CSNY from the archive box set. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So from, I went with that from one. archives too. Yeah. Interesting on the beach. Let's talk about what a Neil. What Neil? If Neil Young's going to get one on here, what would be the song? Yeah, I I mean, I guess Powderfinger? You know, that, that's yeah. I it, that is definitely one of those songs that seems to have like just sprung up this this narrative and you're like where where did this, this could only have come from the mind of Neil Young probably. Powderfinger. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would say Powderfinger is the the one I would think of first to make this list, but we'll see. Oh, we'll I, see. We're gonna we're gonna keep talking about Neil Young on this one, right? Actually, you know what? We're not Powderfinger number eighty, <laughs> 80th best song ever. Powderfinger by Neil Young and Crazy Horse. And then we also got. Um, did you put shaving cream on there? Yeah, I got it. 32. 32. Yeah. 98 to go. What else you got for me, Chief? Can we go with a whole jazz suite as a single song? The what? Like, like if I say A Love Supreme, which is ostensibly an album, but it's essentially a suite that encompasses an entire album. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. We'll think about that. We're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go get my head into different types of music for this list. But yeah, all right. Uh, here's another shot in the dark on a large discography. Uh, Unleashed, the large-hearted boy by GBV. That may. I don't know if that's the one. Oh, I know the song. I know the song. <laughs> Hang up on this guy. Hang up on this guy. This guy's this is insulting. This is I was insulting. gonna ask if he could hum a little bit more for me. <laughs> no, we're going two different directions here. Can him. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Long gone. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. Real quick about about um shaving cream. Yeah. Have you ever heard the great rendition by Jersey's own Uncle Floyd? Yeah, I, I think I have. I've Came heard I've heard years him do ago. shave and cream before. Yeah. What about getting Uncle Floyd on the show? No, I don't want him. Come on. Well, what's he gonna do? Just have just two just have you First of all, he won't do it. He won't do it. Well, maybe I've already tried. Really? Yeah. Well, this is a whole other thing. Pat, it, I would say this. He was one of the potential guests for Tom Doesn't Know. Tom doesn't. Well, I would say this. Let's schedule a Tom doesn't know, and I'll pretend that this didn't happen. All right, fair enough. He's um, Tuesdays are bad for him. Is the long short of it. But if we do a show on an off night, I may just uh, surprise you with All right. shaving cream. Look, I'll say this: everything's on the table. I'll yeah. do best show on different nights. It'd be a short interview, and it'd be fun. It'd be fun to just have you guys. We got to pay him. Do I got to pay this guy? No, no, he's not. It's not pay to play. All right, he'll take it. I'm sure he'll take it. Because I mean, look, some of the people I know, like 
some of these people they they think everything is cameo now. They think everything is a version of cameo. Right. They want this. They do a thing. They want to get paid for it. I ain't paying Uncle Floyd to call in. I ain't paying nobody to call in. Yeah. No, but I pay guests, proper guests. I'll pay a proper guest. I ain't gonna pay Uncle Floyd. We did pay Gilbert's uh, cameo fee that 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 night. Who paid for it? <laughs> we all chipped in. Well, I'll I'll cover that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You didn't. No, of course not. Okay, I don't I, look, Pat. I don't know. You know, right now, you know, Mike is saying, "Why'd you tell him you were joking? He was going to pay <laughs> us. He was going to give us the the money for Gilbert's cameo fee. We could have split it. Yeah, we could have split it. Mike's going to come back to me later and be like, Pat, just Pat, we did all pay it. <laughs> Pat's just trying to be humble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> made a few bootlegger, few, few of those bucks. Yeah, yeah. The got the guy. I feel like it's like got Smokey and the Bandit on my own show right here. <laughs> run, run, run it, <laughs> selling bootleg T-shirts of me. This guy, Mike. Oh yeah, they're bootlegs. Yeah, they're bootlegs. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Hey, don't look at me. They're bootlegs. Don't look at you. You're wearing one in a thing. <laughs> I literally can't not look at you. You're wearing the bootleg merchandise. You t- you 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 turned your Instagram into a promotional device for a bootlegger. It's a good fit. Quality t-shirt material. Oh my god. We should talk, Tom. Figure it out. Figure it out. That's my phrase. That's my cop-out phrase. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Means I got a headache right now. Can we not? I can't figure anything out right now. Yeah, let's figure it out. If I ever say to anybody in an email, let's figure it out, it means I'm probably very confused right now in my brain, and I can't figure nothing out right now. So give me a little, give me a little break, huh? I'll be like, yeah, let's figure it out. You got any other calls, Pat? I got three coming. I got three on hold and one and trying to come in. And the one, the one trying to get through, they can, they, they, they pick up on them. That's it. These are the final four. You're on with line three. Best show. Hi. How you doing, Tom? Good, good. To whom am I speaking? This is Joseph from Manhattan. Joseph from Manhattan. What do you got for me, Joseph? Well, I had a a few songs for the topic, and one leads into a question that I've been uh, wanting to ask you for a couple of weeks. Uh, Go for it. Okay, so uh, my suggestions for the top 100 songs, uh, Up on the Roof. Up on the Roof? By the Drifters? Yes. Up. On the roof. That's a good song. Yeah, it's one of my favorite ones to hear. Mm, I don't know if it's going to make this list, though. I do like that. It's a great song. That's the whole thing with this list, too. There's songs that are going to be the, some of the most amazing songs you ever heard in your whole life that might not make the list. Absolutely. Everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's got an opinion. 
What else you got for me, Chief? How did that lead into a yeah. thing you wanted to that you've been thinking of for a few weeks? Well, the next one actually does because it's. Uh, I'm going to suggest "Dancing Queen" by ABBA, and uh, I've been really interested to to know what you think if you've heard it. Uh, what you think about the new ABBA album? I'm waiting to listen to it. I want to be able to listen to the whole thing, start to finish, and I have not been able to do it. I don't want to compromise it. I like the one song I heard when it first came out. I was like, "Oh my god." Abba did it. They done did it. But I want to hear the whole thing. Do you hear the ballad or the or the upbeat one? The upbeat one. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was uh, Dancing yeah. Queen twelve. Oh wow, superb! Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. What do you got? You got anything else? Yes, I had a, a few more. Uh, wouldn't it be nice? No. Okay. Uh, these days. These days, the Nico song. Yes. In the spirit of that, and based on what another caller said, let's do number forty-six. I'll be your mirror. Very good. Okay. And then the the last one I had for tonight, Tom, was like a Rolling Stone. Yeah, that should probably make it on here. Would you put that or Positively 4th Street? If you had to put an angry Bob Dylan song on it, which one would you put? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, sometimes when I'm in a bad mood and I feel like I feel like I'm getting treated like garbage, right? I play Positively 4th Street and I'm just like, yeah, you're right. You rat bastards. You rat bastards. You got a lot of nerve, you rat bastards. To say you are my friend, you rat bastards. You know, the rat bastard is making me think of, uh, uh, never mind, Mickey Dolan's. Because uh, you know as well as me, you'd rather see me paralyzed. That's like one of the best lines ever. I do love how angry that one is. I think like a Rolling Stone is probably the more one, but more uh, epic yeah, though like a rolling stone's more epic because you know the best part of like a rolling stone is it's like you know what everybody gets hung up on when he goes uh when he ain't got nothing you got nothing to lose right people get hung up like they think that's the best line in it but the best line is the one that follows it where he goes you're invisible now you got no secrets to conceal i think that's the best i think that like a Rolling Stone, we'll make this list. I'm not ready to rank it yet, though. Ah, bleep it. 25, like a Rolling Stone. Just got to start somewhere. Wonderful. Now, you cleaned up on this, uh, my friend. Thank you for your contributions. I looked, I looked out. Two quick things. Very quick, Tom. Uh First, I completely uh, misinterpreted Rat Bastard as James Cagney and misattributed it to Mickey Dolan's. That wasn't sure. right. You dirty yeah, rat. Was, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wanted to wish just a, a very happy Thanksgiving to you, AP Mike, Jason, and Pat. That's so kind. That's kind. That is a class. You're a class act. You're a class act. Oh, thank you. You all are, too. And I uh, just hope you uh, eh. good luck the rest of the show. Thank you, buddy. Take care.
You too. Good night. Next call, please. Best show, hi. Hey, Tom. Hey, who's this? This is Aaron in Trenton, New Jersey. Aaron in Trenton, New Jersey. Trenton makes and who takes? Well, a long time ago, uh, you you gave me this prompt and the answer was Google takes. Tom makes Google takes. There you go. Thank you. Now, what can I do for you tonight, Chief? You got something for the topic? I got some songs for you. Let's hear them. I'm going to go fast. I'm just going to say yay or nay, so get ready. Fair, fair enough. Um, I think the greatest song of all time is Surf's Up by the Beach Boys. No. It's not top 100 even? No. Fair enough. Uh, other guy said uh, Unleashed. I'm going to go Game of Tricks. No. All right. Uh, Fading into Obscurity, Sloan. Great song. No. Uh, no matter what, Badfinger. That's a pretty good one. Going to think about that one. That's a thinker. Okay. Um, it, there's got to be some Elvis Costello, but I figured we could we could talk about it. Yeah, what would be a good Elvis Costello one to make the list? I personally love, I mean, there's so many, but uh, I hope you're happy now. My friend, you're not going to believe this. I was literally about to say that. I was literally going to say, I hope you're happy now. Harmonic convergence. It is a harmonic convergence. Number 98, I hope you're happy now. With the, that, that one might fall off the list. We're just starting. We're starting with it. That's okay. That's a great okay. song. Okay, buddy. All right, Tom. Thanks so much. Thanks for the call. You have a great night. You too. Going here. Hold on. Let's do it to it. Who do we got coming up next? Best show. Hi. He's a fine figure of a man and handsome too. That's I hope you're happy now. Go ahead. Besha, welcome. Yeah, hey, it's uh, Brandon from Rock Island. What's up tonight? How much I had some for the topic. Well, let's hear it. Floor's yours, my friend. I am a tree. Now. Got bug voices? No, oh, I know, I know. I didn't think there were two uh, I Am A Trees. Pretty sure it was a Guided By Voices song. No. <laughs> no? No. As Stevie Wonder? Wait, which song? As. As. Why am I not remembering As? Holy moly. Sing it. Can you sing it for me? Oh, um... I can't. I I got it. I got it right here. I can play it. I can play it too. I'm not gonna make you. I'm not gonna make you croak it out if you ain't feeling it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I'd put a different, let's put a, definitely put a different Stevie Wonder song on it. Not that one though. Okay. Okay. What's a, what's a, what's okay. another one you'd like to hear on the list? Um, wild, wild west. Wild, wild. I wait, I'll see the wonder one. Or? Yeah. Wild, wild west. Wild, wild, wild west. Yeah. Yeah. Wild, wild west. I would put, I wish on the list before I'd put as on the list. Do you like the song? Do you like that song? I wish. I'm. I'm not. I'm not familiar with it. I... Okay. Well, we. we it's. Uh, well, you can just check check it out in your free time. Anything else? Yeah. Um. I feel for you. By Chaka Khan. That's a good song. No. No. Nah. Um, how about uh Cause by Rodriguez? I don't know that song. Or I'm not recalling it. All right, buddy. That's a good one. Okay. I'll check it out. Thank you. Very uh Dylan esque one. Okay. I'll check it out. Thank you, buddy. You have a great night. Yeah, have a great Thanksgiving. All right, one more call. What do we got? Last call. Hello? Last call. Hello, best show. Hi, welcome. Hey, thanks, Tom. Here, I'm the last call. You are. You're the last in line, as Dio said. No Dio on this list. I don't think Dio is going to make it. What do you got for me? Yeah, of course. You got any Uh, suggestions for the list? Yeah, yeah, I'll keep it short because I know you're wrapping up, but I have a few. Um, I have Strangers by the Kinks. No, if uh, we're going to put the Kinks, we'll put Shangri-La, we'll make it for the Kinks. Okay, that sounds I got Tecumseh Valley by Town Van Sant, which I think is the saddest song to me. So I hmm. think it's the saddest song. It's got to be top 100. Songs. I don't know why I'm not recalling. What is I feel like I feel like a, a buffoon here, not recalling some of these songs people are mentioning. Well, it's kind of obscure. I mean, I, I figured I'd, I'd choose not the most obvious ones, but it's the one about a woman who goes across the... Jason probably knows it. It's a real, like, you know, southern type of song she goes over the hill to work find a job because the coal was low in the winter and she ends up working at a brothel and then she sadly commits suicide yeah that was our town song yeah down there it was like the it was it was the town's anthem yeah yeah very positive down in west virginia i highly recommend it it's a beautiful song Okay, the Cumsa Valley. I'll check it out. Yeah, and then um, what was my other good one? Oh, that Minutemen song. That's like the theme of Jackass. I think it's called Corona. It is called Corona. Yeah, I don't know if that makes it though. I, I just love that song because it, the playing is so pure, and his voice and his guitar playing is so yeah. great. Great song. Well, buddy. And then my last one. Yeah. I don't like, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it because it's maybe, maybe I just don't understand it and it could be, 
one of the best songs. And what that's Tub Thumping by Chumba Wumba. That's not getting anywhere near this list. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I thought it wouldn't, but, you know. All right, my friend. I appreciate the call. You have a grand right. evening. Thank you. Have okay. a good night. Okay, bye. All right, my friends, let me just mention this. Thanksgiving this, is this week. And all kidding aside, I have so many people and in my life that I am thankful for. And I've been thinking about them all week after not having a great week last week, having a much better this week, much better week this week. And a big part of that is because I am thinking about the people that, that I am thankful for. And Three of them are on this show right now, and I'm thankful for all three of you. You're both, uh, you're all three of you are, are, uh, I am lucky to have you in my life. So thank you. Thank you, Tom. I feel oh, the same you. way. You're the best. I feel Tom. the same way. <laughs> the oh, same no, there's way. three other guys on the thing. <laughs> oh. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you course. said both, so I, I thought I was one of them. <laughs> I started to say both. I said three, and I said both, and I knew both. You can only have. <laughs> you can't, you can't you left one out, so I got in there. Yeah. We're all just counting on our hands. Well, yeah, no, no, I'm serious. <laughs> I, I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, and we'll pick it up next week. Back at you, boss man. Thank you, Pat. See, Pat. That's why. That's why you're Miami Steve, Pat. And Mike. That's why you're the big man, Clarence Clements. And Jason, that you you bring everything that Clark Gayton brings to the E Street Band. I can feel it coming. I can feel it coming. Also, yes. So I appreciate all three of you. Um. No, thank you. Thank you, and thank you. Also, I'm so thankful, eternally thankful, for the support and the love that the listeners give us every week. And we understand it and do not take it lightly and appreciate it. So everybody have a great Thanksgiving. If you're having family stuff, try to just get through it and get through it and we'll all talk on the other side of it. So we'll be back next week. Bye.